Grandma's rules. Number one, have a great time. Number two, eat as much as you want. Number three, don't leave your room after 9.30 p.m. And number four, podcast. I I thought you were just going to go with don't ever leave your room after podcasting. Oh, I thought about that. Yeah, well, I thought that was clunkier. I don't know. I also thought this is the last one, so let's get like metatextual and just make... The fourth just rule, just say the podcast. podcast. <laughs> very metatextual. It's very metatextual. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Griffin Newman. My name is David Sims. Welcome to Blank Check with Griffin and David. Yep. This is a podcast where we investigate directors, their filmographies. People were given a blank check early on in their career. Mm-hmm. Mr. McIntosh comes to their door and says, you can make whatever movies you want. Mr. McIntosh? The fake name of the kid, the company that the kid in Blank Check starts. <laughs> Did so- not remember that from the film Blank Check. Thank oh, yeah. you. No, there's Thank the part you. where he's at the computer and they go, uh, what name do you want to open the account under? And he looks at the little Apple on his computer. He goes, Mr. McIntosh. Yeah, I didn't know. Do you think Apple paid for that? Uh, maybe. I was just talking to our guest, who yeah. we haven't uh, said is here yet, uh, about the other movies that made the man who made Blank Check made, including Stigmata. Weird. Remember Stigmata? Yeah. Where they were like, we got it, guys. Patty Arquette. Christ wounds. Patty <laughs> We got to go back to calling her Patty. Yeah. Uh, Patty, uh, uh, past and future guest of the show. Um, I, this is our second episode we're recording today. I'm on sure. like four hours loopy. of sleep. Uh, Why aren't you sleeping? I did I did a, 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 a late show last night. Okay. I forgot and I agreed to and it, I fucked my life up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm doing great. Yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, you're, the, you're the tick. I mean, I'm Arthur. The I'm the Arthur. I still haven't tick. been fired. Great. Uh, that's my my biggest goal is not to get fired before I start working. Have they cast the ticket? I'm nope. asking you on mic. No, no, no. I and the honest answer is here's the honest answer. Okay, in this episode, by the time this episode's released, they probably will have cast the. They tick. probably would have known, but I, I I'll just tell this as a little anecdotal story. Yeah. Everyone keeps on asking me like, oh, they cast, they cast the, tick, the tick, have they cast the tick, and I'm like, no, and they're like, but you can't tell me, right? And I'm like, no, I genuinely. We don't know who the ticket is. As last I asked, they don't they don't have somebody, right? They're they're trying to get somebody and they're trying to get. I think they're going after some big people and some sure. cool people, and they they're you know they're not auditioning, they're like yeah, they're... offering right. Um, so I emailed the casting director a couple days ago. By the time you listen to this, it will be oh my two god, weeks, oh my god, wrap this up about something else. Yeah, and I was like da 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 da. Also, can't wait to hear who you cast as the big guy. And she like wrote the email back, and I was like, maybe she'll just tell me like, hey, don't tell anybody, but we're right. close to this person. She wrote back, addressed the first thing, and I was like, great, thank you. Also, how cl- are you close to getting someone? To play the tick, and no she reply. was like, "Yep," and I was like, "Great, can't wait to hear who it is." And she was like, "Yep, you're gonna like it when you hear it." Great, it's someone cool. Cool. So they will not tell me. Wow. Uh, even who their leads are, uh, but I haven't been fired yet, and that's great, great news for everyone. Do you think that Patty Arquette could be American made? Yeah, I hope so. That'd be awesome. Yeah, she'd be good. She's There's so many good supporting. What a great little, uh, you know, uh, ensemble of characters the Tick has. Can I tell you who my new favorite uh, supporting character is? I've been reading all the comic books. Also, our guest here is Louis Python from Buzz. <laughs> Sorry, Street. I just I got impatient. No, no. I always in. like it when yeah. the guest uh, just starts talking naturally. It's much yeah, better. Yeah, me too. Rather than um, like, okay. Yeah, Louis Python's here. Louis Python's here yeah. from BuzzFeed. 
Uh, I've been reading all the comics. There's a character who appears. You a Tick fan? Yeah. Yeah. Tick head. Uh, there's a character who appears in the comics. Because a lot of the. Ben Edlin only did the first 12 issues of the comic. Before Our he went over to the cartoon are be show. So mad at us. No, come on. All right, wrap no, it up. No, they want, they want the Tick content. Yeah, Tick That's content. What are listening for. The scoops? At this point, the Tick is a sensation and people, are, people want to hear everything they can about it, right? Yeah. Two yeah. weeks from now? Yeah, because yeah. at this point we'll know that Arnold Schwarzenegger has been cast as the tick, and America will be salivating for details. <laughs> salivating, salivating. Okay, there's a there's a minor villain who appears in like issue ten of the original comic books. They go to oh he's a hero rather. They go to a bar with all these superheroes, like a superhero nightclub, and they're all introducing themselves. And there's a guy named like Six Shooter, and he's he has six six shooters. Okay, and he juggles guns. The whole thing is he like juggles cool. I like three that. guns in each hand and then shoots them while he's juggling, which is cool. But the guy I like, they're like introducing all these heroes with these cool names and everything. And they go, what about that guy? And he goes, I'm the guy with a grenade, with a hand grenade. And they go, what's your power? And he goes, I have a hand grenade. That's funny. And they go, that's it? And he goes, you can get a lot done with a hand grenade. <laughs> and he's just a dude in like a superhero spandex jumpsuit holding a hand grenade out in front of him. And he just gets what he wants because people don't want him to let go. So who do you think for that one? Vin Diesel? Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> I want Vin to be the tick. I don't. I'm, He'd be a great. I don't tick. even want to verbalize that because I don't want to put that into no, the world because it's not going to happen. But that's but that's my ultimate. Dream. It might. Hey, you know what? <laughs> it it might. I uh, mean, Vin Diesel's career would have to. No offense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nosedive in the next couple of weeks for well, him to get offense cast. taken. <laughs> I'm just also, saying he's on top of the world. You know. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling good about myself. No, but you're good. You're you're not on top no. of the world, but no, you're you know climbing the world. God, know, how know. funny is this going to be? Listened to in two weeks when yeah. everything's changed. Yes, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's also say John Kasich just won Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you want to just let's let's like, ground ourselves in this moment. Uh, it's going to snow tonight. I think. Is the is the thought? That's the rumor. It's gonna snow tonight in New York City. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ellen Page just posted an Instagram of a dog that I opened on my laptop, and I'm oh, that's at it. gonna be a watershed moment that people will be able to remember. They'll look back at that and they'll remember where they were this time dog. and place. It's a good. That is a good dog. I wonder how many likes that'll have in two weeks. That's a good question. How many right likes now, does it have right now? Twelve seventy eight. Okay. Let's, 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 so let's, let's, okay. let's revisit this. I'm gonna so book listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll check in later. Great. Uh, yeah, uh, Mitch McConnell just said that the NRA have to approve of the next Supreme Court justice. I don't know what that means. I don't either. What's the podcast about? So this podcast is about directors <laughs> uh-huh. who have successfully earned given a blank check by Mr. McIntosh to make whatever movie they want. Got it. So with M. Night, of course, The Sixth Sense. This is the guy. M. Night Shyamalan's the guy we're talking about. It is the movie, the, the, the blank check movie. M. Night Shyamalan's the name. Pod Night Shamacast is the game. <laughs> Boom. That we're playing, uh, and this is this is his most recent film. It is. It came out uh, not not but a year ago. It came out uh, in uh, on September eleventh, uh, twenty fifteen. Never forget. Don't forget that release date. Never forget it. Yeah. And at the time that this movie came out, we sort of had the idea because it was starting to get good reviews. Mm-hmm. We knew we were coming to the end of the the Phantom Menace. Yeah, train. we were in our, our Star Wars hole. Yeah. Yeah, and we were like, we want to do other things. We want to do directors. This is kind of interesting. M. Night's having like a comeback moment. Mm-hmm. And we went, he might be a good subject. So yeah. we both held off on watching this movie for this podcast. We didn't see right. it when it came out. I finished watching this movie two minutes before. Yeah. I didn't plan my time out very and, well. And 30 not. minutes after I arrived. Yep. Yes. 
Correct. Which is fine. I'm just I want to position this in time. Yeah, let's definitely fine. get that on the record. It's uh, fine. Lewis arrived exactly on time. Yeah, and uh, Griffin on the nugget. Griffin said, "I have five minutes." I think was how you put it. I said it left. 15. Said 15. I underestimated how long the credits were. You said five. No, well, he's, I no, overestimated. He, he I said said the credits would be first, and then he said five later. But then I looked at your screen, and there were a lot more than five. Yeah, you came over to me, and you're like, "Yet." Yeah, Yahtzee hadn't happened yet, and I was like, okay, so he doesn't have five minutes left, which is a very good uh, indicator Yahtzee. of like a plot, uh, like where, yeah, where so the plot pre- was. I thought Emma pre- usually Yahtzee. has like 15-minute long credit sequences. Uh, yeah, It's true that After Earth and The Last Airbender have uh, hellaciously long credit sequences. Yeah, they have like thought, Gone with the Wind level long yeah, credit thought, sequences for no good reason. Anyway. Folks, this is the movie called The Visit. Yeah. came out September 11th, 2015, mm-hmm. and- this this is the the landscape we're in right now. M Night has another film that's in production right now. Split. James McAvoy. Isn't Ed, Ed yeah. Lockman shot it. Is that right? It, Ed Lockman shot it. He has the best cinematographers. We didn't even I talk think, about. No, wait, who shot it? Cronenberg's guy shot After Earth. We didn't talk about yeah. this. This was shot by the guy who shot. Oh, you're saying the visit was shot. This was by shot by a lady. Was shot by Marie Salvador. Yeah, who shot yeah. Velvet Goldmine and, and shot other cool um, movies. Wrestler and Creed. Uh, that's right. Should have been nominated for an Oscar. Totally. But no woman has ever been nominated for Best Cinematography. Split is being shot by Mike Giulakis. What's he done? Uh, well, he shot uh, It Follows. Oh, interesting. Oh. Which is a pretty good movie. Yeah. Uh, apart from like that, that, mostly like indie movies that I don't know. Yeah, but it seems like he's snatching up all these like does. hot people. Oh, is it the production designer from Carol? Is that what it is? What the fuck do I Someone know? Someone from Carol worked on this film. Right. He's got a fucking, what's his name? You're talking about the next movie, though. Let's talk about this movie. Okay, right, but that's we don't know that next movie yet. This is the most recent M Night thing we have to go off of. This is our last formal episode. We are mm-hmm. possibly doing a bonus episode, depending on whether or not we depending lose our enthusiasm. minds. Depending on enthusiasm, yeah. Yeah, but we have some things we could do for the bonus episode. Um, this is this is the visit. Now, Lewis, you are a big fan of horror movies. Correct. I, I often Lewis is sort of my lodestar in terms of like what indie horror to check out, yeah, what to avoid. There's a lot these days. There's a there's too much. There's really. too much, and it's partly through the model that this movie was kind of made through, right? The sort of low budget, the Blumhouse uh, fast and right. cheap. The, blood, the Blumhouse yeah. model is that you can make a movie for like fifteen thousand dollars. I mean, that's like one movie you can make for that much. Since then, yeah. it's been more expensive. But then get a lot of money back. Right. Jason, as long as it clears a little bit, you yeah. know, that's all you need. Or, you know, on video on demand and stuff like that as well. Jason Blum was a producer on Paranormal Activity, and he really took the ball and ran with it after that. He ran, f- he ran far. Ran real far. And his other thing is, I mean, his movies are like, so even like uh, a, a Gem and the Holograms, right, which he produced, which was an off-genre film for him. Right. Uh, was a tremendous flop. Yes. But it also was produced for so little money that like he had to come and be like, this is embarrassing that it did this poorly, but also no real skin off my back. It may it cost as much as the visit. It cost right. five million dollars. Right. That make. was like and that's a mega budget for Blumhouse. As five right. mil is the biggest they get. So he's got a really good sustainable. Paranormal model. activity was the fifteen thousand dollar That was the fifteen thousand dollar movie, yes. I mean he must be just he must be so rich. They must all be so rich, the people who made that yeah. movie. Sometimes I don't, I just think down, sit down and think about it. Well, they have all these franchises too. Insidious, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. The Conjuring's getting a, getting a sequel. Right. Uh, Sinister. There's Sinister. a couple Sinister Paranormal. movies. They got The yeah. Purge. Ouija. Uh, oh, Ouija. They're making Ouija? a Ouija sequel. Oh, yeah. And then it's a good director's Mike, Mike Flanagan. Is he part uh, of the whole creepy doll sort of extended franchise that Annabelle is? Yeah, Annabelle is a spin off of The Conjuring, correct? Yeah, right. Wait, have you guys seen the real Annabelle doll? Yeah, it's a Raggedy Ann. Yeah, it's a Raggedy Ann. Do you know that? 
Look up the real Annabelle dolls. Annabelle's are fuck goddamn, it's, fucking it's goddamn Raggedy Ann. Hilarious. It's Lorraine Warren like holding a oh Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. It's not even a creepy one. No, no it's, it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's just Raggedy, Raggedy Ann. Ann. It is, it just, I had a Raggedy Andy when yeah. I was a kid. We're not saying it's like an, a Raggedy Ann type doll. It is the Raggedy Ann it's you Raggedy would buy Ann, from like yeah. the Hallmark store. But it's haunted. This was the haunted doll. This was the haunted yeah. doll, yeah. Because in the movie, it... It is the most demented looking doll you've ever seen. Yeah, it looks like why would anyone design a doll to look that way? It, it was like someone. That it way. looks like someone set a plastic child on fire. <laughs> like it's like the creepiest you know, fucking you thing. You know what I was appreciated though about child's play is that like those dolls like were believably creepy. Yeah, yes. like they were yes. very creepy. They were right but, like, on the mm-hmm. edge. You understand that like why that would happen and like why as a kid you'd be okay with it, but as like an adult who understands that things are scary, like, this is a fucked like, up no. doll. Yeah, you're big into the child play franchise too, right? Are you yeah. not a huge fan? No, I am. I am a big fan. Okay, because this came up with us recently mm-hmm. on the podcast. Which is your favorite of the Child's Play movies? Oh God! This is when we were talking about the box off performance of Another Stakeout. Right, and you were very surprised by which one I said was my favorite. Mine is probably Bride of Chucky. Interesting. Mine okay. too. Well, wait, what's your favorite? I like three. He likes Child's Play three. That's the worst one. I agree. Really? Yeah, I think that's that the one at like military yeah, school. Yeah, I like that one. No, <laughs> Child's Play two is also really good, and like you know, three ends with the fight on the factory line, though, right? No, that's. Two. Charles Play Three oh, really? ends up with him on the railway tracks, I so believe. Charles Play Two favorite? is the one where where uh, Emily Valentine from Nine Two One Zero and the kid are like in the factory, right? For the showdown, that's two. So maybe two is my favorite. I just know I like that factory showdown, but I always thought that was at the end of the Military Academy movie. I gotta rewatch. I'm that. pretty sure no, that three ends at like a haunted house or something, and then I don't know. There's no, like... I think you raised the train thing, right? Isn't it? I don't remember. It's been no, a while. I'm, I'm oh, you thought it was the train thing? Well, no. Chucky, Child's Play 3 was banned in Britain. Right. I believe it's three. It might have been two. One of them was banned in Britain because the um, the a child was murdered. This is really famous. The, the uh, oh, right. uh, James Bulger case oh, where yeah. two children murdered a little child and they like tied him to railroad tracks. Chucky right. was kind of the slender man of his time. <laughs> I mean, it, and like well, the, the thing was, it was kind of like a... <laughs> That's sort of the. It was sort of a fake Slender Man because like yeah. they didn't actually know if they'd seen those movies. Right. Yeah. Well, there was but a, they, the crime was just similar. Yeah, but that was around the time when they were just kind of like they were just banning videos. Right. And it, you know, also say like if they tied a kid to some train tracks and they thought it was a copycat crime, he also might have watched like the fucking Dudley Do Right <laughs> or like old like Silent One reelers. Like that's like the oldest trick in the book. Like were they twirling long mustaches and wearing capes? Because if so, it might not have been Chucky's fault. <laughs> It's just crazy because, like, I know that it's such a niche thing in this country, but in England, like, the, the Bulger murder is, like, the biggest yeah. thing that's ever, like, the worst that's crime crazy. in yeah. the history of Britain, basically. They still haven't gotten over it. You know, that movie Boy A is about the Bulger murder. Right, right. Uh, which introduced us to young Andrew Garfield. Andy Garfield. So I am uncomfortable even making a joke about it. That's I feel, why I'm I feel that. bad about my Slenderman joke. No, that was a great joke. Yeah, no, but I just, I did just. Did you see the Slenderman I documentary? I did. Yes, is it good? It's so good. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I like that guy. Did you ever Slenderman? Watch... I think he's cool. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's have him on the podcast. <laughs> let's have him on the podcast. They, Our they, next they, miniseries they... is Child's Pod. We're going to go through the Child's Play <laughs> with films Slenderman? with Slenderman on every episode. Okay, two things really quick. Please. One, uh, they did a Q&A after that movie, and I was like, if they bring out Slenderman, I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> Seriously. Didn't, didn't happen. Didn't happen. Uh, the other thing that I love about Child's Play is that Don Mancini wrote that entire series. Right. Yeah, I love that. So there's an auteur element. Yeah, yeah. it's the only horror series that, that I never can think of the franchise that always had the creator yeah. and also um, varies so much in terms of tone. Like, yeah. it, it, yes. it, it, it sounds back to horror. He went in a lot of directions. He yeah. reinvented his own franchise, right. which it rarely happens. Yeah. Also, he's he's like a gay dude, which is an, kind of uncommon in horror. It's like mm-hmm. him and Clive Barker in terms of like mainstream horror. 
I didn't even see Curse of Chucky. Did you see that one? The straight I did. video one. Is it good? It is good. And yeah. that's back to straight horror, but it's minimalist, kind of, right? It, minimalist for Chucky. It's you know, it's but it's it's back to straight horror. The uh the the trailer looks kind of rough because there's some CGI in it. That's I but saw when that. You, and but if you actually off, yeah. watch it, it's it's quite good. And they have more practical stuff in the. Yeah, in the no, movie. It, yeah. And is it's, Seed of Chucky the one with John Waters, or is that Brian? Yes, of Chucky? yes. Seed, Seed, Seed had he plays right, a paparazzi. Right, right, yeah. Um. Anyway, Seed's real goofball bananas. Seed is where the they Britney, were. The Britney Spears scene in Seed is yep. what I was like. This is a movie that I'm watching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, but I had a, I had a thought about all this. Well, Slenderman, did you, any of you guys ever watch Marble Hornets? That thing on YouTube that like Marble Hornets. You guys don't know? Do you know it? No, but it sounds like something that's going to scare me. It's fucking scary. And I did, it was when the Slenderman thing happened. They had watched this thing. It's like a YouTube series, an indie thing, like a web series, but it's not, you know, he just made it by himself about like a person who went mad making a movie when Slenderman started haunting him. Oh, yeah. They have clips of that stuff in the movie. Like all the, right. They show a lot of like Slenderman, like homemade videos right. and stuff. And I watched it one day at work when I was like going down a YouTube hole because I was like, maybe I should write about this. And it freaked me out. It's not actually like high production value or very scary, but it freaked me out. What would you do if you went to like a Comic Con and Slenderman was just there doing signings? <laughs> like he was just at a long table in between like WWE's Virgil and Tony Todd, and he was just there with Good a bunch Tony of glossies. Thank you. What did I just see Tony Todd in? Uh, The Rock. <laughs> I didn't see him in an old movie. It I thought maybe you rewatched Final Destination. Yeah, he's great in Final. He's Destination. in a new movie. Could have sworn. He's the voice of Zoom in the flash. Anyway, look, let, oh, let's get to the visit. Let's get to the visit. I, I'm Can really I say in. one thing before we get to the visit? Yeah, of course. Just because we brought up John Waters. Do you know, do either of you know, there is a moment in Alvin the Chipmunks for the road trip, directed by Walt Becker, a tour of Old Dogs. Mm-hmm. I think the greatest living vulgar old tour. Mm-hmm. He's a lunatic who they let make children's films. There's a moment where they're on a plane and they sneak into first class. This is where they get put on the no-fly list. And TSA agent Tony Hale spends the rest of the movie trying to track them down. That's the plot of the movie? The movie's insane. Okay. By the way, they're barely on a road trip in that movie. They're both on a plane trip? <laughs> no, and then they like are in a car for a little bit, but then go on a bus. They spent a lot of time in New Orleans. Like they're, it's, so they're on the road. A little bit, but it's like one montage of them driving through cities. Anyway, uh, there's a moment where they're on a plane, and a, a stewardess comes over, a flight attendant comes over to Alvin. Alvin's sitting in first class. He's snuck in a first class. Sitting next to John Waters. Did and, not know that. Who I've always said it feels like Walt Becker's making John Waters movies within, and, and not in a good way, but he's somehow making <laughs> like, like children's John Waters movies. Yeah, that are like that crass and disgusting. Like a, like a like a straight guy making John Waters movies. And I can't figure out if he's self aware or not, but it does feel like he's the straight gone water. John Waters, the straight gone water. He's the straight gone Waters yeah, with a bigger budget. Yeah. Um. But they're sitting on the plane together, and the. Flight attendant comes up and somehow some sort of joke is like they like volley a joke to him about the fact that the chipmunks have eaten their own poop in the previous movies or something <laughs> like that. Like somehow a poop joke comes up and John Waters goes like, oh, God, how far have our standards fallen? Or like he says something like that. And Alvin goes like, oh, please, like you have right to judge. I've seen pink flamingos. Wow. <laughs> There's a joke in fucking the road trip about pink flamingos. Where they about criticize pink. Alvin for eating his own shit, and he's like, "Come on, I've seen your fucking shit eating movie." Is that did the kids lose it in the audience when <laughs> when you uh, did they just go nuts for that joke? They all started bleeding out of their eyes. <laughs> like, what the fuck is it? Was this? like uh, it was like Squidward's Revenge or whatever that. Yes, <laughs> yes, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I was doing a, like a callback to the creepy pasta we were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 
Slenderman. So that's what, that's the, what happened there. Yeah. In case you guys missed that. Creepy pasta is the kind of thing that I just wish I was the right age to like be oh, independently can, discovering you, you that can, stuff. Yeah. You can tell how scary it would be. Oh my god. Like some of it's like legitimately creepy, and yeah. you're like, if I were like. 11, yeah. when I was forwarding chain letters that said, if you don't forward this 15 times, you're going to get murdered. Yeah. I was doing that because I believed that was going to happen. So if someone told me that Slenderman was real at that age, I would have probably stabbed someone. Do you know what else would have been really creepy when you were 11? The visit? Having to spend a weekend with your grandparents. Ah, <laughs> who you'd never met before. Who you never met before, and then they started acting real kooky. Not... Real kooky. Let's be clear. It's the, they're gross. They start, <laughs> this is a movie. Now, I believe this movie is rated PG thirteen. Am I, I correct? Think it's an R. Is it an R? I was trying to Let's I, look I'm it pretty, up. I'm pretty sure it's an R. Because I was watching and trying to figure out which side of the coin because it was falling on. I was gonna say you know it's a PG thirteen. Wow. Is it really? They say which, fuck once. They say fuck once. Because they do that the game of him using pop stars instead of curse words. Oh right. Um <laughs> That's not too graphic. Uh, no, it's not. I was going to say, this movie kind of like Drag yeah. Me to Hell, which was another sort of intense PG-13 horror movie. It's It does gross stuff rather than gory stuff. I love Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, so me, good. me so too. Much. But that's like kind of- You know what Drag Me to Hell didn't have is a diaper to the face. It didn't yeah. have a diaper to the face, but it had a lot of snot, you know, it had a lot of oh, like- Oh, for sure. No, it's yeah. definitely like- And this yeah. one has a lot of like, yeah, barfing and diapers. It's got a lot of poop. Dirty diapers. Which so I, much, so much- I just got to state up poop, front. Yeah. yeah, I'm a little biased because I like- Movies with poop in them. <laughs> I don't. I don't actually care for poop in movies. Me neither. I'm like usually it. quite anti-poop. And I and I that that scene really uh, got to me. It seemed uh, unnecessary. Which which one? The initial introduction no, of the no, diapers no, no, or fine. the uh, the I diaper mean, to the face? Diaper to the face. I agree with that because I think I the agree. initial introduction of the diapers is really effective. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with because that. it's not like they find a dead body and you're like, okay, we get it. It's like, oh, this is really weird and right. really messed up, but maybe like it can be explained away. You know what I didn't get until rewatching it though is that it's awfully convenient how those crazy people hold it together. Real well at the beginning and like play along and then suddenly get crazier and crazier as the week goes on. I know. So, and it's never fully laid out, which is fine because Shyamalan movies often lay things out a little too much. Let's like let's, explain everything, you know. Start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. And then Shyamalan writes a spec script, right? He's coming off of After Earth, which is coming off of The Last Airbender, <laughs> which is coming off of The Happening, which is coming off of Lady in the Water, Correct. which is coming off of The Village. So dude's fucking smartin' right now, right? Uh, yeah. He writes a spec script that at the time is called Sundowning. Correct. And I believe he comes to Jason Blum and goes, I see what you're doing. I like what you're doing. I like this model. And M. Knight puts up $5 million of his own money. Oh, wow. It was all his own money. He bankrolls this movie himself, fucking Georgie Lucas style. Good job, M. Knight. He pulled a Georgie Porgy. to just drop on a movie. That's what he used to make per movie. No, I mean, I know he made a lot so of So he, money. like, used I a, mean, I don't a, know. Maybe M. Knight's a compulsive gambler. He might be. I? He <laughs> might be. But I'm just saying, I mean, look, who knows how much he had saved up. I get the sense he's a little frugal. But I, <laughs> that's my reason. He lives read. in Philadelphia. Do you really, do you really like... Yeah. Think of Emma Shyamalan and think restraint. Is that like what you're like? You're like <laughs> financially. I think okay. because he is. I <laughs> you, will. Say, you 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 watch the uh, the Last Airbender and think financial restraint. <laughs> he is pretty formal in terms of cinematic language. You know what I'm saying? Like his directorial style. Like not his writing, not his storytelling, but like the meter of like his editing and his shot composition feels like a guy who's not spending a ton of money. Okay, I'm talking like on like cars and shit. I don't want to argue with you. I don't look. It's rough theories. I'm working on. I have the charts in my room. They're tied together with push pins and red yarn. Continue your story. Uh, he puts up money for this movie. He, I mean, he got like ten million dollars to do the village, right? Sure. 
So, I mean, by the time he was doing After Earth, he still probably got $5 million to direct that movie. Probably, yeah, making yeah. money. He writes, he produces, he right. always, yeah. So he put up one of his old salaries to make this new film, goes to Blumhouse, and they make it very much off the radar. Like, I remember reading an interview with Katherine Hahn about something else. They were like, what else do you have coming up? And she was like, well, I just did a movie with M. Night Shyamalan. And they were like, what do you mean just? We would know if there was a new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Right. And she was like, it was a tiny little movie. We did it all in the house. I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Like people didn't even know the movie existed until she said that. I think he just went way off the beaten path. And then it was released in September, did 25 million opening weekend, mm-hmm. which was seen as like good return on investment. Yeah, it opened uh right it opened number 2. Behind if you guess this, I'm it opened it made like 400,000 less than the number 1 movie of September 11th, 2015. I I don't know what this movie is. Oh, wait. Is it a Jesus movie? War Room? Close. No, it's not a Jesus movie. It is a niche audience movie. I guess you could call it that. It is a a black movie. I, guess. I was, okay. So you that's what I, that's why you were being euphemistic. It, that... it wasn't no good deed. Not no good deed. Which is actually like you know pretty it, good it, deed. It, <laughs> okay deed. Is it okay deed? <laughs> uh, but uh, it, I think it's in the same. I didn't see this film, but I think it's in the same sort of wheelhouse. What, what movie is it? The Perfect Guy. Oh fuck. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. With, uh, I believe, uh, Morris Chestnut's in that, is he? And Michael uh, Ely, yeah, the great Michael, Michael Ely. Ely. And Sana Lathan, yeah. I don't know how you say her name. Yeah, Sana Lathan, I think. Uh, but okay. that movie opened just a smidge over The Visit, but they both did well, and The Visit cleared, I mean, like 65 domestic? This is a game we do. We try to guess the top mil five total. from the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you want the other three? Can yeah. you give me the other three? War Room was number three. War Room was number three. Okay, number four? Give me a hint. Uh... Old guy movie made actually like a decent amount of money. No one ever even acknowledged that it existed. It made 30 mil. Uh, Mr. Holmes? No. Like, like literally, I forgot this movie existed. But it's a movie for old guys. <laughs> Boy, is it. <laughs> Do you know, Lewis? I don't. Nick Nolte's in it. Oh, the fucking Nick Nolte Robert Redford movie. Correct. A Walk in the Woods? Boom. Yeah. Oh, right. Made 30 weird. mil. Yeah, weird. Uh, and on, on a budget of like, you know, nothing. Directed uh, by Ken Quapis of Dunson uh, Checks in fame. And the <laughs> And uh, number five is uh, just like an awesome action movie that rocks. It's a sequel. It's the best. I loved it. So it would have been, so this from uh, Mission Possible 5, uh, Rogue Nation, yeah. the best of the Mission Possible films? Incorrect on that part, but uh, <laughs> correct on the rest of it. Uh, What's your favorite Mission Impossible movie, Lewis? Everyone's I, different. I yeah. have only seen the first three. Gotta get to the fourth and fifth. I know. Really yeah. good. I'm a little behind. Yeah. Yeah. I'll really get there. Good. I think those are the rewards. Um, yeah, I agree. I have yeah. to rewatch The Visit every weekend. So yeah, yep. just in, in case we're doing a podcast yeah, about it, it. it. This worked out really well, actually. Let's say this is actually the 20th podcast you've been on about The Visit. Now, <laughs> you'd, be, right? you'd be shocked. Yeah. Uh, um, number 10 that year, uh, that week, was an animated film called Un Galo con Muchos Huevos. Oh, yeah. Lionsgate is releasing Spanish cartoons now. Is that What the fuck is that? It's about, <laughs> it's about chickens on a farm. I saw the trailer, but it was in yeah, Spanish, but so I don't like, know what it's about. Yeah, but that sounds it like... sounds like someone with big balls. Yeah, I think that's like a double entendre. I think it's like a chicken with big eggs or no, something. No, it's... Like I mean, I think that is li- yeah. literally what it means, yes. I saw, with many eggs, I think. I saw... Uh, lots, lots of eggs. Yeah. I saw The Mermaid in theaters uh, last week. A rooster with many eggs. What? I saw The Mermaid, the Stephen oh, yeah, Chow movie. Oh, yeah, the Stephen Chow movie. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's We're incredible. really bouncing all around here. Yeah, but there's there's a moment in the film where there's clearly some kind of wordplay. And I saw it in the theater, and I was probably sure. one of three Caucasian people in the theater. Everyone else was like a oh, native. And they, like most of the audience lost it? Yeah, they were like native like Mandarin speakers, right? 
And there's some and you always moment, speak Cantonese. I only speak Cantonese, right. which was, and that always fucking bites me in the ass. But it's great for Wong Kar Wai. Yes, only. But he's yet to hire me. What if Wong Kar Wai hired you? What, what if, if he's listening to this podcast? What if Wong Kar Wai just directed like episode three of the tech? Wong Kar Wai like, did like one episode of an Amazon superhero show. <laughs> Wong Kar Wai might listen to our podcast. Let's be honest. Wong, Wong Kar Wai, if you're Wai listening might. to this podcast, you're my favorite filmmaker. I would love to talk to you someday. Yeah. And I'm sorry that we we intimated that Christopher Doyle was a jerk on our Lady in the Water episode. Yeah, but you probably know that. Like, yeah, you're, you probably you know probably, that. You worked in the long enough that you're probably like, I know he's a piece of shit, but he's my friend. Uh, anyway, carry on. Uh, uh, the audience lost it at a joke you didn't understand. There's a moment where they're talking about he wants to go eat chicken. And he's like, what? And uh-huh. then they cut to her holding up two physical chickens. And the audience laughs because they're like, oh, she meant that kind of chicken. Not the other kind of chicken that we don't know. And then she keeps on talking. About it. He's like, you want me to eat that already? And she's like, yeah, but we have to pluck it first. And he's like, what? So this is like a big like, it's a sex va- thing. It's a vagina thing. The audience was losing it. Is it like the, it. the turkey time joke in Gili? It's something like that, but the it's audience very was going, gobble, gobble. going fucking bananas. Wow. Like it was like the Beatles playing Ed Sullivan. The audience <laughs> was going insane. Yeah. And then I looked it up afterwards, and some of you said it was a, it was a, a slang for prostitute. But then oh. the joke still doesn't track for me, which means I think every single word they were using had a different like. Right. They like, just gotta, had to remake. You the gotta whole... pluck it first. It's like pluck a prostitute. That still doesn't make any but, sense hey, for look, me. Look, yeah, come on. Not everything's gonna humor. Does not. No, I was just yeah. surprised because it was the one joke in the movie that didn't translate. Because he's a very visual filmmaker. It's a great movie. You should go see it. Anyway, the visit, the visit was directed by M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> also funny. His 11th film released on September 11th. We never forgot. It's very funny. Here's the setup for the movie that he paid for out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Two kids. Two kids, played by uh, Olivia de Jong and Ed Oxenbould. Both? Australian. Which is interesting. I'm nodding because I knew that. I didn't say it, but I knew that. But but for the listener at home, Lewis knew that. I nodded. knew that shit. Yeah. This film's about the two siblings, much like this podcast is about hashtag the two friends. Yeah, we didn't say that in the last episode. No, fuck. We're trying to brand this. I don't know if you know this, Lewis, but but David and I are friends, and we we think that's like an interesting like marketing hook for the show. Yeah. Is it like we're like the two friends who host a podcast together? Right, right. Because I think most shows don't have no, that they going don't, for them. Yeah, no, totally. It's like yeah. how um, Noah Ringer's Wikipedia page is that he likes to hang out with his friends. Because mm-hmm. you never know what kind of person you you know, never you're know. dealing with. Mm-hmm. That guy could be a lone wolf, a good total <laughs> lone wolf. We looked up Noah Ringer before we recorded this. Yeah, it was great. Um, we should do a whole episode about Noah Ringer's Wikipedia page. God, what if we could fucking get him on the have show? Have him on the show. Come on. Where do you think he lives? Uh, he uh, fuck. I was gonna try to remember the name of the place where the Last Airbender takes place. <laughs> the Four Kingdom. Yeah. He lives in the Southern lives in Water the Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah. He's from Dallas. He, oh, okay. He rides in this flying buffalo. Uh, yeah. I think you're talking about Appa. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Lewis. Uh, correct. Uh, he's homeschooled. Uh, anyway, uh, back Makes off of his. A page. lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that really tracks. <laughs> All right. The visit. Okay. The visit. The he visit. saying mean things about kids. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He's uh, 19. Becca, yeah, he's now an adult. Yeah. That's true. So yeah. we can shit all over him. Yeah. Uh, much like Tyler gets shit all over him in The Visit. Oh, good segue. Becca and Tyler. Yep. Teen. Becca's what, 13? Two Tyler's Australians like with 10. good American accents. Yeah, they don't seem Australian. Yeah, they're like 13, 10, maybe like you know, 12, 9. No, I think I think he's like at least, he's at least 11. Yeah. I guess Becca's like 14. He had previously played Alexander and Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Not a film I saw. I no. think he's actually 12, I'm going to say, at least 12. Really? Maybe even 13. Uh, I'm going to keep so, upping his age. Well, I think 
there he makes a joke. He the actor is now fourteen. He makes a joke that she like is uh, doesn't even have boobs yet, right? Like, but I think he's supposed he's supposed remember that it's early in the movie. Yeah, I hate that. It's not. Yeah, I know. So it's supposed to he's supposed to be hitting on her on her. She's probably supposed to be like fourteen or fifteen, yeah. right? He's saying like, Ey. yeah. So yeah, he has to be. Yeah. He's twelve. She's fourteen. His that voice has right. broken. So he's right. Okay. But I think he's he's, he's insecure about his lack of puberty, right? Because let's, he's small. Let's he's all small. put our hands in the middle. Uh-huh. And just vow that for the rest of the podcast, we're, ju- we're just going to say they're 12 and 14. Great. We're going to stick <laughs> Good with job, that. Guys. Okay. All right. It's warm in okay. here. Get, One, get your hands two, here. three. 12 and 14. Right. Okay. Right. That okay. didn't work. Um, Worked for me. No, okay. That's good. Yeah, that's great. So the, I'm like Noah Ringer. I like hanging out with friends. <laughs> and posting on your personal Facebook page? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Becca and Tyler, mm-hmm. two kids. Yep. They got a mom. Hashtag the two kids. Yeah. They got a mom. They do got a mom. Whose name is Loretta. Played by the great Catherine. Who kills it in this movie? Lewis, are you with me? Uh, Yeah. No, she's great. I mean, maybe underused. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, she's in my least favorite part of the movie. So it's like. You mean the end? The ending. I think she's wonderful, obviously. I think that her bit at the beginning where she's uh, walking alongside the train and at first she's kind of (laughs) jokingly walking and then she's running and then she actually gets sad and starts crying. She, Catherine Hunt's the greatest actress. She's, she's a great actress. She can do literally anything. She's got basically nothing to do there. I mean, like yeah. just like just fuck Wait, around for a second. There's one thing she can do. What? Did you watch the the Abfab American remake? I did no. not. Pilot? No. Holy shit. Who was it? It was her and who? Uh, look it up because it is. It wasn't Christine Hyde. Hyde. Jessica. What? What? It was someone else. Just look at like gotta look it up because I don't remember. It is. The pilot is online, or maybe clips of it, and is one of the worst things I've ever watched. It's oh, oh right, uh, Kristen Johnson from Third Rock. Oh, it is. It's horrendous. Yeah, the it's American about Apple. six years ago, I think, yeah. or seven years that's ago. The, that's the one thing. The one thing she can't do. Everything else she does is perfect. They never should have tried to do that. No, nope. no, it was yeah. a terrible that's, idea. That's it's not, crazy. It's, it's, impossible it's, not, it's not her fault, but no. it, but it is like the worst thing she's done. Yes. Yeah, I'll say this though. She's been. Very good in a lot of very bad films. Like she that has is true. many times in the past stood out to me as like that's an actual good performance in the middle of shit. What's your favorite Catherine Hahn movie? My favorite Catherine Hahn movie? Ugh. Um Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, Step Brothers? Probably Step Brothers. All right. That's my favorite movie she's in. I also I think she's great in that. She's very funny in Step Brothers. But you know what I jumped to? I would, to? I would, I would say Afternoon Delight. I haven't seen Afternoon Delight. Afternoon that's on Delight's me. good. And she's that's great in me. it. And she's also great in Jill Soloway's Transparent, uh, which is also she made Afternoon Delight. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you the moment though that Catherine Hahn really stuck in the cross. Sexy for me. Rabbi in Transparent. That, I'm gonna watch. I've watched Transparent either. Do you know that? They're gonna Amazon's not gonna like this. Yeah, yeah oh, that's actually true. Good okay, point. but Cut I do. Out, I have a Prime membership. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't matter what you watch. They don't care. They yeah. got the money. I'll sign up for Fresh. Um, um, yeah, uh, I think she's great in lots of movies. She's in uh, what else is she in? She's in Anchorman. She's in Tomorrowland. The one where she really stood out for me because I was like, this this movie's not working. Oh, she's great in Wanderlust. This movie's not working, and she just like immediately for like five minutes imbued it with real life. Uh, the scene of her delivery in How Do You Know, right, is great. And we were just talking about How Do You we Know. We were just talking about How Do You Know, which while is you crazy. Were getting, uh, yeah. While you were watching this movie, oh, wow. as I have not thought about that movie in many years. Yeah. That is a great scene though, where they ask Paul Rudd to film the birth, and then he realizes that. Uh, oh no! It's her, her husband proposes to her. Mm-hmm. While she, right after the baby's born in the hospital, she keeps on complaining about the fact that he hasn't popped the question. And then they ask Paul Rudd to film it, and then he proposes, and then Paul Rudd realizes he wasn't filming, and they have to recreate the moment. How do you remember so much about How Do You Know? 
I don't know. How do you remember so much? I don't know. I was I I, I went in the movie with really high expectations. <laughs> Even after the reviews were bad, I was like, but they don't understand it. I get James L. Brooks in a way that other people don't. Me and Jimmy are on the same wavelength, and then I, I and then how did you feel after? Naive. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a real dummy. I had the a visit. real poopy diaper on my face. The visit. <laughs> and that's a segue to the visit. Catherine Hahn, the great Catherine Hahn, has these two children. Her husband left her. Yeah. Is it? And this is a recent scar that these kids are bearing. She was a young mom, dropped out of high school, got pregnant. With her substitute teacher. Yeah, right. And her parents disapproved. Hated it. They she sure delivers did. this all to like a, in a straight-to-camera monologue at the beginning of the this movie. This movie's not found footage, but it's... I, this it, is, is what, it is found footage. But here's what I like about it. But I it like is this, edited. You get the yes. idea that the kids edited it later, That right? this movie Which is, is the makes finished... No sense, it makes but no it sense. Make but this sense. movie is the finished film that the character intended to make. Right. He Whereas wants the, to make like a... They say they're I, making like I a documentary. I think that's like a... That's like... I mean, I think... It's a it, half measure? It, no, I think it kind of is that. And like the musical cues line up with that. But at the same time, it doesn't make any sense if you think about it as like an edited film. It There's no work, reason no. why she would have included the footage of her brother getting a shit diaper in the face. Hey, ma'am. Look, it doesn't track 100%, but on the other hand, if you watch, like, Chronicle, and you're like, this is just no, the but- moments they chose to turn the camera on. <laughs> I hate Chronicle for that I very like reason. I like it, but I just wish it wasn't found footage. I think I the found footage the thing is where such a like, fucking... I'm gonna go fight him in the sky! I have to bring the camera! He, like, literally... It doesn't matter. And they're levitating the camera <laughs> with their powers. Like, uh, Paranormal Activity is the one where it's, like... The first Paranormal Activity is totally like a found footage movie because a lot of boring shit happens. Right. Like they make it look like this is really just I think raw a lot, data no, I think from a tapes. Lot of, I think a lot of found footage works, but it works best if you think of it as like someone pieced this together. It's not like yeah. any sort of edited version of... Right. I like that the visit is like this was edited. I like that they upfront are like this is the finished film. Well, I liked also that like when she had the camera toward the end, it kind of made sense why. Yeah. Like she was using it for light. Yeah, and M. Night also very cleverly, um, I, I feel like, gets a lot of mileage. M. Night's always been good at uh, getting tension out of um, cinematic space. Your sense of the size of a room, the sure. proximity between people, and changing those distances and things like that. And he uses the fact that sound footage a lot to, like, oh, the camera's here for some practical reason, which means you can't see everything, or this angle's weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he gets tension out of the limitations of it. Yeah. In a way that I think a lot of found footage filmmakers don't. But this is stylistically a huge departure for him. Very much so. Because he's been this very formalist, very tight, sort of like tied down, not even that much camera movement kind of guy, mm-hmm. you know, and very deliberately paced. And this film's a lot of handheld, like, shot by Marie Salberti, who's like started out in documentaries, now has become a, a fiction film mm-hmm. cinematographer, one of the best. Wait, they had a style. Story. I thought it was just the kids filming. No, Lewis. No. No, <laughs> They have actually. someone doing it. Yeah, Ed Oxenbold was also DP on this. Yeah, no, he was camera operator. Yeah, yeah. Se- camera second operator. operator. That's yeah. why they had to find a kid from Australia, because they needed a kid who could both act and operate a camera at the year of uh, 12. 12 is the age, yeah. We said it was 12. 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 So they are going to see their grandparents, mm-hmm. who distanced themselves from their mother yes. after she got knocked up by the high school substitute teacher or whatever. He left her for a younger woman. He left her. She's going on a singles cruise or something. Yeah, she's not or doing no, that she's going No, she's the, the new boyfriend. She's got right. the new boyfriend, but she she's not been doing that hot. And Han, like, just like, you just sort of 
she's perfect. Like you get like, oh, this is someone who's maybe a little wilder in their youth. Yeah. Is more settled down now, but is not like totally let that go. She's, I love Catherine. And she also, you're getting the sadness without her playing it too overtly because all the scenes you're seeing of her are her performing for her kids and acting like she's happier than she is. Yeah. But then when she gets on the cruise, they know. They know. They know. And you get the underlying sense of it. Cocaine, out of my way. Once she gets on the cruise, you're seeing these clips of her like actually having fun. Right. But the opening section fucking kids yeah. in the way. Yeah, without yeah. these bummer Aussie okay, kids. What so she sends them to go see their grandparents whom she hasn't spoken to in forever. Right. Um why did she send her twelve and fourteen year old kids by themselves on a train trip to see these people she hasn't talked to in like a decade? Yeah. Yeah. You'd no. think she yeah. would drop them off. Uh, I uh, guess the, the only cover is like, well, the, you know, the wound is so raw still between her and her grandparents yeah. or whatever. It's it's weird. It's, it's weird. That's it's, one of the, that's one of those moments that I. It's a twist. Quite, I mean, it's a you know, like it's, it's the big necessitated for twist. The twi- yeah, and uh, you buy it, kind of. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, kind of. Kind of. It like whatever. Like the movie moves so sort of rapidly that yeah. you're just like, okay, all right, all right, yeah. all right. They get to the house. They meet them at the train station. They introduce them to the camera. Like, this is oh, my- Oh, they have a little sign. This is my Nana. This is my Pop Pop. Yeah. yeah. Which she came up with just then, right? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, Deanna Dunnigan plays Nana. Excellent performance. Great actor. Uh, and Peter McRobbie uh, plays Pop Pop. He's also great. They're what have I great. seen Deanna Dunnigan in before? Is she mostly a stage actress? August Osage County. The, 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 the stage. stage I believe yeah, she won a Tony. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, and uh, uh, Peter McRobbie. I was just seeing him in Daredevil. He's in uh, you know, he's he in a lot. He's in Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, he's, he's in, in, like, he's sort in of, so much. But rarely does he get to shove a shitty diaper that, into a child's face. Maybe never before. That is. I could happen on Boardwalk Empire. No, oh, on, right. on Box Office Mojo to do a bit we did in last week's episode. <laughs> this is the number one diaper to face uh, movie <laughs> yeah, ever made. Yeah. yeah, even adjusted for inflation. Even it's still number one. I would actually check that. I feel like that's possibly not true. Uh, You're quite right, because there might be some like kids' movie where someone gets a diaper. In you never face. know. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I'm not going to Google diaper. Just don't even bother. Yeah. You know what? You know what? You know what? Jurassic Park does have that scene where Jeff Goldblum shoves his diaper in Laura Dern's face. That is, we forgot <laughs> that. Sorry. We all forgot. I forgot that. about that. Yeah. It's gratuitous. That's a shitty scene. Oh, no pun intended. I'm no. sorry. I did the bad. The, uh, right. Fuck. The Ugh. grandparents picked them up. Negative four comedy points. The grandparents pick them up yes. at the train station. Mm-hmm. Guess where it is? It's in Pennsylvania. Right outside Philly. Mm. Every fucking M. Night movie just is in Pennsylvania. Is that like, he's like the, that's his Stephen King main? Yes, yeah. exactly. Don't you wish that in After Earth when they land and they're like, this planet we used to live on. This one's called Philadelphia. Yeah, I wish they just gone Philadelphia. <laughs> You know, I, I thought that would have been amazing. They should have at one point, he should have found the sign. The Liberty Bell. Yeah. He like comes across <laughs> the Liberty Bell overgrown with weeds. Because yeah. uh, you know in his mind he thought it was Philly. Yeah, well. It definitely was, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this is, we're on the Pennsylvania main line or something. Like, do, you uh, think, do you think the first dance at M. Night's wedding was to uh, Bruce Springsteen's song from the movie Philadelphia, The Streets of Philadelphia? Absolutely. <laughs> do you think he jerks what off a, to that song? What a dark choice yeah, for a, a wedding. Terrible wedding song, <laughs> like, by the way. He just loves Philly so <laughs> much. About AIDS <laughs> and homelessness or whatever. 
The people who lived in Philadelphia hate that that movie was called I Philadelphia. I know, like, finally, we got a movie called Philadelphia. It's about, What's it about? What's it about? AIDS. Who does, oh, Dad, I love Denzel yeah. Washington. Yeah. He plays who? Yeah. He plays a homophobic yeah. lawyer. Okay, all right. Well, uh, Tom Hanks, though. Yeah. What's he doing? It's like if you made He's a, so funny. It's like if you made a movie called New York City and it was all about institutionalized sexism. It's like, well, this is one thing. It just that's where the movie takes place. It doesn't mean it's about New York. It is. Like, were they just like, you know. Isn't the plot of Slaves in New York? <laughs> Right? Were they just like, let's Philadelphia? Like, yeah. like what was the conversation about yeah. titling that movie? Were well, they just like, they're like, you know, uh, I think AIDS was still on the nose. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, and they thought about AIDS guy, and that sounded reductive. Right, 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 right. He's more than an AIDS guy, goddammit. Yeah. He likes opera. But that was the thing. Big was so big, they were like, people like these Hanks movies with short titles. Bam. <laughs> Good title. AIDS. Splash. <laughs> Splash. <laughs> what if it was called Splash again? All anyway, right, look. Guys, The Visit. <laughs> he certainly made a big splash in that courtroom. The Visit. The Visit. It's directed by M. Night Shyamalan. It's his 11th film. It was released September 11th, 2015. Well, I think the reason we're struggling to get back on track with the plot of The Visit is yeah. that it's not a plotting movie. It's not a plotting movie. Uh, but it's just such a good hook. I remember when I saw the yeah. trailer for it, I was like, that's a great idea for a good movie. Hook. Because who hasn't been afraid of their fucking grandparents being weird? Not I. Like, it's playing on that anxiety of like, oh, you're in a new house, you're a kid, yeah. and you're used to your routines. And, you know- Maybe you're like with your grandmother and like her false teeth fall out and you're like, oh my God, she's a fucking alien. Yeah. yeah. Have you, you know? have you guys seen the taking of Deborah Logan? No. no. Okay. So that's, that that's also a found footage movie. Okay. Is it also um, uh, Blumhouse? It's not. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't think it was, it was a Netflix. I think it was straight to Netflix. Looks creepy from the Google. Okay. So that's see. a movie in which, all right, around. he's turning the computer around. Oh, creepy. So Ooh, creepy. It's a, it's a demonic possession movie, but it's about a woman uh, making a documentary about Alzheimer's, following this woman around, and the symptoms oh, of Alzheimer's, wow. like reflect, like so, it's it's very unclear if like this is just dementia, and people keep saying like, well, it's just Alzheimer's, right? There's right, like right. like the behaviors that's like the aggression and like the the moods the mood swings and like the weird nudity and all that stuff is like all explained by being old and having problems with your brain, and I feel like that like visit does a very it, similar it thing. It works Absolutely. on that same thing, and it's a very clever hook because it's like it's already scary. To spend time with someone who's losing their mind. Right. Right? And when it's an old person and you're like, oh, fuck, this might just be them slowly rotting like, I mean, from the that, inside out. That's what works about this sort of premise that they haven't seen her them in a long time. Yeah. You know, the, the mom hasn't seen them in yeah. a long time. It's like they, she doesn't – she can't say to them like, well – that's just you know, my was. mom is like totally weird and like walks around the house naked at night. Like, yeah. you know, she's like, it's too long for her. Like, maybe yeah. they're just going crazy. Maybe they're just old now. Maybe yeah. they're just getting seen now. Maybe they just spilled pancake batter or whatever it was on the, on the so uh, camera. This placed. movie yeah. looks fucking scary, by the way. The Logan. Take it, Logan. It's, yeah. yeah, I really like that movie. You should, uh, you should watch it. Uh, yeah, not right Jesus. now. But that's, no, I'm not going to watch it right this second. That's our first official Pites Pick. Pa-ching! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pites Pick. Pites Pick. Hashtag it. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty quickly, the grandparents are pretty normal in the daytime. Yeah. Uh, we should also talk about the kids uh, does rapping, keeps rapping. Uh, do we have, do to, we have to talk about, about that? that? Well, we we just did, I guess. That and and your reaction says it all, right? The kid likes rapping. What's his his name is? It feels T like... stylist money bags or. <laughs> or... <laughs> M Night clearly, clearly, you have to think one of M Night's kids is uh is taken with freestyle rapping. Yeah. And he was like, oh, that's like what the kids do. I have to say, I wasn't super impressed by his pineapple upside down cake rap. <laughs> no, they, it's it not was the not best. very good. No. I, it's mostly impressed with itself for including pineapple upside down cake. I did appreciate that his sister called him out on his misogyny. 
Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was like, good. You end every rap with ho. But also all his raps, they don't fit into the right meter. Like, they're always a couple extra syllables. He's not great. That's on M Night though. Uh, well, is maybe it? he's supposed know. to be bad. Maybe it's supposed to be. There's the scene with the train conductor that is a bridge too far. Yep. <laughs> like we don't need that. Yeah. Uh, no, like, that's it's definitely like Leah Schreiber and Scarlett Johansson on Broadway. That is a bridge too <laughs> that far. That was a view from the bridge. Oh, my God friend. damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I really pushed your button there. Because um, it was so, it would have been such a good joke. It would have been, been, been such great. a Unfortunately, it's not even the most recent production. I know there's a bridge. No, no, the more could. recent one was better. Yeah. it was so good. It was so good. It was so great. good. I just uh, couldn't name it on the stage. Me too. In the front row. Incredible. Great. Yeah. Um, Sorry, go ahead. No, With I your coworker, Rachel Sanders. Shout out Rachel Sanders. Worst, worst joke of all time. All right. Uh, hey. Hey. What's up, guys? Uh, what, so when, I don't know, I think the twist in this movie is obvious from pretty early on, but I don't think it, the, your enjoyment of the movie, like, Agreed. I think you can, it's fine. Like, you can totally enjoy the movie I even knowing that. I think that's the key to this movie is that Shyamalan made a twist movie again for the first time in a long time, but he didn't, like, Hinge the movie on it. Well, and here's the other thing. You know thing. something fucked up's gonna no, happen. No, but I but I think that like you, you, there's a lot of like uh, false flags. Sure. Yeah. As I would call them, uh, of like supernatural elements that you think might come into play. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I think that just the fact that it's like there's so many so much effort made for Catherine Hahn to not see the grandparents that it just becomes pretty obvious that it's not going to be them. Right. Uh, well, okay. So this this is my thing. First of all, the twist happens like 25 minutes before the movie ends. So whereas most of his films, he drops the twist at the end and it's like the final bombshell, this he allows essentially a full act to play out in the wake of the twist. Yeah. Which is better, right? We get right. to see like the consequences of that twist. But yeah. also like it doesn't really matter what the twist is because exactly. it's so, it's, it's so it's creepy scary. by that point and it's right. scary. It doesn't really matter what happens. Yeah, the, the, it's a the plot move. It's are not from the finale. They're in this, in this yeah. like backwoods town. They don't have a phone signal. Like, yeah. you know, the, the doors are locked. And there's this rule really early on that's good. It's a good rule, yeah. like the Gremlins rule of like, don't come out of your room after nine thirty, because like that's when things go bump in the night. Yeah. You don't want, and like they don't say why or anything like that. They don't but. actually say don't come out of your room at nine thirty, do they? they no, say, he does. The, the, says fir- the first the time he just says we go to bed we're, early, we're, right? yeah, we're old. We go to bed early right. nine thirty, and then the second time he says, I really Wait, think it's best if okay, you don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's but I was, after he sees uh, the, the grandma. Uh, barfing, like right. walking and yeah. just like right. spewing uh, vomit down the stairs. So I, I didn't see the twist coming, but it's because, and this is like me just just being, you You're know. overthinking it? Yeah, because I was, I, I didn't know this was a twist movie, right? I'd only been told recently, like, oh no, it has a twist. Uh-huh. So I went into it and there's the shit where like she talks about like the creatures in the water and stuff. <laughs> oh right, and I was like, "Is he fucking gonna do? So- Are they gonna be aliens or something?" Right, and then the, the then the uh, the grandpa pop pops talking about the uh, little white yeah, the person little man who's right. like following around right. with yellow eyes or like, whatever. Yeah. I I was really afraid it was gonna be something a lot bigger and crazier. Sure, I thought especially because of how much they pushed the the oven thing in the uh, in the trailer. They were going to cook and eat. I thought it was going to be a fucking modern Hansel and Gretel. That was, I mean, that's obviously what they're going for. Yeah, but I thought they were literally going to make it like, oh, she's a witch and she's going to put you in like right. a fucking candy sure. cage. Like I thought, because there were a couple things, they, they mentioned candy bunch in the beginning. They have her clean out the oven. I was like, he, it's going to get supernatural. Right. And I appreciate that it's just like they're crazy people. Yep. Yeah. They're crazy murderers. And, but the thing is, they're yeah. also dropping that. They drop yeah. references to the mental institution yep. and to right. the fact that they volunteer there. But that's the stuff. thing is like when that guy shows up and they're not there and he's like, they haven't been to work. I was just like, okay, so they're like obviously yeah. dead somewhere. Well, let me also say uh, spoilers. 
Oh yeah, spoiler alert. Guys, you if you listen to this podcast, you know we talk about the whole thing. I mean, I'm movie. joking. Come on. I'm joking. Yeah, okay. It was like it was like a winking kind of like <laughs> spoilers. But, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's talk about the things they do before this twist, yeah. right? So there's the grandma's like barfing all over the house. Yeah. She also gets butt ass naked. Butt ass <laughs> naked. Stands against the door. Uh what is uh, what else? There, she plays th- she plays hide and seek. Uh, yeah, in the most in the most terrifying scene in the movie, under where the they're house. like under the house. Yeah, and I guess are they looking for something at that point, or are they no, just kind of just, fucking around? No, fucking, a, they, the mom fun. had told them that she liked playing hide and seek right, under right. the house, and so she just pops up in front of the camera and is like, "Ah, she's it's, fast. She's on so all fours. Scary. Is that, that the part so you texted scary. me about? Oh, yeah. I texted Griffin that I I startled someone awake this morning. Humble brag. All right. Because, uh, all right. Uh, watching, watching the visit. No, it's fine. Uh, no, go ahead. That's all I have. Um, <laughs> but you, because you yelled aloud? Yes, because like, yeah. it's scary. But have you seen moment, the movie right? before? I had seen it, and right. I was like, I was watching it again, and I was like, I won't be scared. But I was watching it with my with my earphones in. And, Which yeah. is th- really the craziest way to take in a horror movie. It's Whenever yeah. whenever I watch a horror movie on headphones, I'm like, yeah. I can't believe I'm doing this it's myself. It's horrible. <laughs> but can we talk about, like, Nana's fucking booking it in that moment. <laughs> oh, she's Because she's on hands on and fours. knees. She's moving at the speed of a scrunt. I yeah. mean, it is unbelievable. <laughs> well, I think it's it definitely plays into the fact that like you think she's going to be some sort of creature. Yes, because she seems yes. very. Right. See that right at that point, in I was that like, classic yes. Blumhouse. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a classic Blumhouse scare where something suddenly moves too quickly. Basically, yeah, right. something like rushes right. in the camera. I was like, or it's gonna, like it's that. gonna be supernatural. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a witch, an alien, something. No. But but no. But, uh, but, what but, else? but after that, it's, she goes back to normal, which actually makes it scarier because like right. it, yeah. it's very they keep going back and forth between being totally crazy and well, totally chill. They have episodes. When he say. wrote this script, the spec script, uh, the um, title of it originally sundowning, was yeah. Sundowning. Right, and they do they, have a reference to it in the movie. They explain at a certain point in the movie that's a sort of like conditional dementia that kicks in when the sun goes down. Not a I, real thing, right? Is it not a real thing? I have no idea. Can we I mean, Google it right it now? It is a symptom of Alzheimer's disease with confusion and agitation worse in the evening. Okay. Perhaps a slight exaggeration of this. So it's like a this. form of, yeah. yeah. But I think that it preys upon that fear that we sure. all have like really, really well. And it also makes it scarier because it's like, I can't, I don't know but if I can trust this But the hide and thing person. is during the day. Yeah. But also it's like not... There's nothing. There's nothing wrong theoretically with chasing your grandchildren under a house. No, no. I'm just saying the movie works but, with these ebbs and flows where right, it's like right, right. they can go back to normal any one scene, right. and because they're saying like we're dealing with senility and we're dealing with this like daylight issue, right. you never know what you're gonna fucking get. Uh, you know, classic Forrest Gump style. Um, <laughs> so it's it's it, it it works on that really well. Like it's a clever kind of fucking device. Um, the, 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 Pop-Pop has his moments too but they're more like normal old people moments Pop-Pop right, keeps on going off to a shed he doesn't want them in the shed and then they get in there and it's a pile of diapers and he likes to poop his pants <laughs> and then put the diapers on the table <laughs> he doesn't, I don't think he likes to poop his pants uh, you're right, you're he, right. he loves he, it he loves to poop his pants <laughs> <laughs> and then he puts them on a diaper pile he, on the table he also uh, goes to gets dressed up to go to a party he does. Yeah, he thinks he's going Dresses to a costume party. Yeah, and it's very looked, uh, sad. He looks pop-up. so handsome in that little tux. <laughs> sad, <laughs> that reference will be gone That's in two the, weeks. I'm yeah. trying to ground this in the time period, guys. <laughs> in two weeks, like two weeks, he's going to be dead. Sad pop. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> sad Papa will have he attacked ate, his children with uh, diapers. Uh, yeah, alone. <laughs> he's gone. They started like f- stuffing him with burgers because they were like, "It's the money maker. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be famous forever." <laughs> sad Papa. <laughs> Chicken parm this week. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. All right. 
Um, yeah, no, what's the other thing he does, though? Because there's the diapers, there's the tux. I think he's also he, shotgun. He thinks someone's uh, following him, so he like, attacks a guy in the That's street. The oh, thing. right. That's yes. the thing. Yes. That's what I was right. Yeah, he thinks that there's like a demonic person following right. him. Yeah. But like all normal old people, right. like scary old people behavior. Yeah. Uh, um, exactly. And like this is often like the kids will go to the other grandparent, and the other grandparent will say like, Oh, he's like a little demented, or like, oh, he's incontinent. He's and a very he physical he's man. He's ashamed yeah. that he's not as strong as he used to be. And um, like, oh, why is she vomiting and naked? Oh, she has the stomach flu. Why is she scratching at the walls? And yeah. well, that happens. So that's a great scene. Uh, yes. Right. That's sort yeah. of midway through the movie. They decide we're going to leave a secret camera downstairs to watch what happens at mm-hmm. night. And she's like wandering around. I love that they have two cameras. That yeah. They, that he's just like, why not just fucking give him a second camera? <laughs> two cameras. Two cameras. Yeah. yeah. And then she just sort of pops up in front of the camera it's again. It's so scary. It's great. And gets a knife yeah. and tries to go into their room, right? And then it's just them closed door and they hear the scratching from the door. It's great. Um it's great. Let's let's just it's say It's very paranormal activity three. Except less no supernatural. The best one? But the two kids. No. Which is your favorite one? I don't know. I haven't seen them. They also all blend together. It's like I've, yeah. I've watched all the, the all those together and all the Saw movies, and like I can barely tell you the differences. I've admittedly only because to me with Paranormal Activity, yeah. I agree on the Saw movies, uh, but for me, one and three are great, and the others didn't do anything. Yeah, see, I think I only saw one and three, and I think I preferred three to I've one. I've seen one through I think four or five. So sure. you didn't see the Ghost Dimension? No. Did Is that what see, it was called? Yes. Did you see the Marked Ones? No. No, me neither. I've only seen one, two, four, one, so two, three. Th- there and were four, four yeah. numerated sequels, and then two and then, like. It goes one, two, three, and then the ghost, uh, then the marked ones, then four, then ghost dimension. Actually, right. I'm gonna say this about the Saw series is that generally, like in the movie, like the um, there's some sort of the main plot in the movie. I can usually distinguish between them, like what's sure. going mm-hmm. on. It's the overarching, like terrible the mythology. The mythology right. that's yeah. like it's like worse than X Files. Convoluted. Since they <laughs> kill, so they bad. kill him off really early. In two? Yes. In, I think at the end of three he dies. Yeah, three I think it is. Okay. And there's, there's, like, then he, there's all this shit where they keep bringing him back. So people who are dead are always alive yeah. and always doing shit. Luke Danes is in it for a while. He's for, in like three of them. For too long. Yeah. There, yeah. There's seven Co- saws. Costas. Costas. What's this guy's name? I'm not making it up. It's something Greek. Yeah. Um. Let me find it. Because now I feel like I'm making up a uh, name. Costas uh, Mandylor. Okay, I was wow. I was on close. on the right track. He's kind of the sub villain, right? Like he sort of takes over. Or is he? And he's a Mandalorian, right? <laughs> he is a Mandalorian. Yeah, yes, okay. from Mandalore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars. Cash uh, uh, shout out there. Um, Star Wars shout out. Shout out to Star Wars. Shout out to the bad Star Wars movies. Um, fuck, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, anyway, Paranormal Activity 3 is the 80s one, and that's really good. Yeah, see, I like that's the aesthetics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. thinking the two girls in the bedroom. A great scene. And it's the also the one with the oscillating, fa- yes, yep. yeah, the oscillating fan camera, which is obviously completely ludicrous Yeah, plausibly, pa- in terms of plausibility, right. but you have that shot of the sheet falling. I mean, I like that's VHS. Like, yeah, I like, sure. yeah. Speaking of VHS. VHS? The VHS movies are great found footage movies. Well, they, they have are, great they have great, they have great in them. Yes, exactly. They, are, they have yeah. great- And bad ones. And bad ones. Actually, the third one's terrible. The, I haven't for, seen the third one. It's terrible. The first two, I think, are very- I think two's better than one. What's I the agree. third one called? Uh, VHS Viral. Ugh. Which you know is going to be a fucking mess. Yeah, because the second one's SVHS, right? No, it's just VHS 2. Oh, really? Yeah. Ugh, I thought they called it SVHS. That's a more clever idea that you came up they, with. I think they- Talked about this. Yes, is it was originally new, titled SVHS. But this is my new it. segment where I come up with better titles for sequels. I agree that uh, VHS two is better. I think they saw VHS one and we're like, okay, VHS two has the has the cult yes. one, right, and also has the GoPro zombie outbreak. Yes, so good. Yeah, 
Those are pretty fun movies, guys. Uh, the Visit, uh, directed <laughs> by M. Night Shyamalan. Independent horror these days, you know? <laughs> September 11, 2015. It's his 11th film. So there's lots of bad things happening. Oh, can we say this, though? Because we haven't set this up properly. The the uh, girl, the reason she's filming all of this is she's making a film. She wants to film her grandparents and get them to, like, forgive her on camera. Yeah. So she can make this film to show to, to her mom. To reunite the, the whole She's family, also really right? pretentious and, like... Has aspirations of like being a great filmmaker. Of course, yes. And so she wants, yes, she wants to like win an Oscar. But yes, the other goal the is that she wants to, yeah, get an apology for her mom. Right. Well, I think it's like a double-edged sword, or a forget. I forget a note of forgiveness yes. for her mom. She but also, she I both, think she's trying to understand why her own father left. Right? 100%. There's that yeah. element. She both wants to like. She she's at a level of film obsession. You get to at that age where you're like, whatever I'm into right now, I think this is everything. Right. Be it like soccer or fucking filmmaking or like eating a pie or like whatever. The it things is, that Noah right? Ringer's into. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Having a Facebook page. He, he loves it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys gotta check out Noah Ringer's Facebook page. Like it's Friendster. I mean, snow, it's fucking Wikipedia. What am I talking snow about? Snow skiing. He likes snow skiing. Something weird like that. Yeah, I got so worried it was water skiing for a second, <laughs> and then I realized it was snow Wait, skiing. Wait, okay, okay. But here's the thing. I want to go back to the thing about her dad. I just want to say this quick. No, you. No, okay, go ahead. Uh, just before <laughs> no, I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're touching fingers. Now. Uh-huh. Um, the thing I like is that it's like at that age where you both feel like, oh, movies are what I understand, so movies are the solution for everything. Right. If I want my mother to reconcile with her parents, I got to use a movie. And also thinking like kind of cravenly like, Oh, if I'm trying to make good movies, this is really good. Right, right. But, like, I can use my family's suffering for the sake of my movie. <laughs> right. Like, I think it's a pretty well-written 14-year-old girl. And yes, I, I thought she was really irritating in a believable way. Yeah, like, and the, and like the using the big dictionary words is, yes. like, I kept on thinking he was going to do some dumb payoff with that. Like, the way he does with, like, the water cups or whatever in signs. And I was like, oh, no, she's just, like, a shitty kid who wants everyone to think that she's smart. Right. That rings true. Just like Shyamalan. Yeah, that Noah Ringer is true. Uh, Lewis, what were you going to say? I, I was wait. going to say, <laughs> you, you you have to wait a little bit because I'm going to warm up to it. God, I can't wait. Uh, no, I, uh, I, I understand that like there's something connected with her making this movie with like coping with her dad leaving the family, mm-hmm. but that is a, I thought that was like the worst part of the movie is like trying to put that in there because I didn't ever believe that there was a connection between I agree. The main story and the dad stuff. I, it just feels a little forced, and it's the one time that the found footage thing doesn't work because it feels like it's being forced into the movie. Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. especially in this sort of cathartic. Well, there's final just act. yeah. I mean, like I, 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 it doesn't really. What does it? What does it have anything to do with? Like it. It wasn't like if she were. Well, it wouldn't make sense either. But if she were visiting, like her dad's parents then there would be something like trying to understand him but it's not yeah what connection do they have to this guy who like ran away with their daughter like they have no they don't care about the dad at all and like they don't want to be part of they weren't part of that relationship they didn't want to have any part of it so why would this help her understand why he left yeah i hear that i don't i just don't see any connection yeah i kind of work for him just a big softy Fucking Mr. Softy. You're definitely Mr. Softy. Yeah. I think it works. I just think it could have worked it's a little forced. better. It's definitely it's just everything else works perfect. Yeah. So, you know. Can we talk about like okay, so the happening M Night like hid behind this defense of like, uh, oh, it's the best B movie ever. If you think it's bad, you don't get it. I was trying to make it like that. Yeah. This movie is actually him being like, Okay, I'm gonna go pulpy. Yeah. This I'm is a, go this B. is a B movie. This is like a real like if he B wants movie. to yeah. And it's like he dropped all his pretensions, you know? Mm-hmm. He was just like, let me focus on character. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Jerry Seinfeld vehicle. Well, he was the first director B on board movie. that. They pushed him off that because he and Jerry were yeah. fighting dear, for the vision of the dear. film. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, yeah. dear. Dear, oh, dear. Um, no, no, his take on the movie was very strange. <laughs> you got he, anything? He was, what, for what it is? Yeah, go on, go on, go on. They, were, they thought they were in a hive the whole time, and then at the end of the movie, it turned out they were underwater. Okay. That was his twist. <laughs> wow. Also, Joaquin Phoenix Sorry. is going to play jury sign. Just kicked, I just kicked someone under the table. Someone, it was me. <laughs> was a, All right, I'm back, in it, guys. I'm back in it. I'm no back secrets. in it. No secrets. It was me. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Uh, so visit what September eleventh. Uh, never forget that it came uh, out. Yeah, no, no. All right, eleventh movie. I want to talk about the weird lady who shows up because I like that scene. Celia Keane Bulger. Great actress. She's a yeah, she's a great actress. She's a a Broadway star, three time Tony nominee. She was in um, what was she in? Spelling Bee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glass Menagerie. She played uh, under. Uh, she was in Saved, right? The the yeah. Pirates Rises. Yeah. But she was just Led in the Piazza. She was just in mm-hmm. Glass Menagerie with. Cherry Jones, I believe, right? She played. Do you think like that sounds right? Do you think Knight just sees like a lot of plays on Broadway? He just I loves have, plays because he's always hiring theater actors. I think they're cheaper. Well, you know, and uh, oh, I'll say this too. And he likes East Coast. And I also think that I also think that um, this is sort of unfair, but I think when you're doing like, I think they can also often be a little more natural and mm-hmm. in found footage type movies. Like yeah. it works better to have people who are a little bit more muted in that way. I don't know. Which yeah. I will say this to you. Uh, his casting director on every one of his films, mm-hmm. I, I think post Wide Awake, uh-huh. he's had the same casting director on every film. Uh, his name is Doug Abel, mm-hmm. and he is the artistic director of the Rattlesnake uh, Theater Company. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that at all. Uh, he also cast Wes Anderson's movies, but he doesn't do a ton of films. He does a lot of theater stuff. He was like one of the original producers of Avenue Q and stuff. And so I think uh, Knight perhaps defers to him a lot. Interesting. That well, guy's you, got really go, fucking Ant's good question taste. Question answered. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, not all the directors he works with hire as many theater actors, but I think yeah. Knight might possibly, you know, he gets his one or two big stars in the top parts, and then he There are really like, no big stars in The Visit, though. No, Catherine Hahn's the biggest star. Right. Good and for she her. Gets her and Catherine Hahn, yeah. And he's paying these people out of pocket, too. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. God, what a great actress. Han. Han. Han! That was a <laughs> Wrath of Khan reference for you guys. David um, waved his fist in the air. It worked visually. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> this girl shows up, and yeah. and I just, I, I mean, the scene itself is fine. I don't know if you guys have any opinion on the scene, but the reveal of what happens to her, like, got me. So good. Yeah. Uh, that's great. And it's like, it's like the best use of found footage, right? Where, like, we yeah. clearly see her body hanging yeah. from a tree. By the way, the third movie in which someone's hanging. Uh, fourth. Fourth. What's the what the one of my fingers? Uh, well, Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. He sees the ghost hanging. I know. Uh, the happening. He sees people from the tree. Right. Uh, and after Earth, there's a moment where uh, Katai is walking by and he sees one of the other uh, rangers hanging from the tree. The, one right. of the animals. You're is totally from the tree. right. You're totally he's, right. He has done now he loves four that movies visual of people are hanging. Jolt. Yeah. Of it's like an hanging. homage to the uh, hanging uh, Munchkin. The Wizard of Oz. That's not a real thing. Creepypasta. Yeah. The original creepypasta. <laughs> that is the, the original creepypasta. And it's a crane. It's a, a shadow of a crane. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah, no, it's like, it's a, just it's a, a cr- fucking, yeah, it's, it's like a, a shadow of equipment. No, what no, about, it's like an actual uh, crane, like a bird. But the ghost. Oh, really? Oh, I'm really? pretty sure huh. yeah. if you look it up, it'll say that it's a um, bird. But uh, the, the ghost in Three Men and a Baby is real. Or Three Men and a Little Lady, which one, whichever one it is. You mean the cardboard cutout yeah, yeah, of Gutenberg? Yeah. Yeah. Or is it Ted Dan? I don't remember which one it was. It, it's of it's of dancing because there was an abandoned plot line where dancing was in a commercial, where they gave him a cardboard cutout, and they cut out the scene where they established the cardboard cutout, and they're like, "That thing's creepy. Just hide it there." <laughs> they they literally had a scene in the movie that explained the thing, and then cut it out. And that was the only other shot where the remnant existed. 
I didn't know they took the Hanging Munchkin out of Wizard of Oz, like in like they a DVD it? re-release. Wait, Are you kidding? What does it say? It is. I thought it was something about like a bird. Uh, yeah, I gotta look it up. Uh, Snopes will tell me. It is also on the creepy bus. <laughs> Great. Uh... Is it is it weird that every time I hear creepy I get hungry? Is it weird? Yes, that... you're correct. It's a bird. A Maybe bird. a peacock. Like the birds were wandering around. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is it weird that I watched the new Pee Wee movie and thought about Slenderman the whole time? No. no. Interesting. That's all I'm saying. Very interesting. Uh, I'm going to go down a creepypasta wiki hole tonight. Yep. I just know it. Um, the Visit was a 2015 movie directed by M. Night Shyamalan. What day did it come out? <laughs> September 11th, 2015. Oh, fuck. I forgot. <gasps> oh, boy. Are you enjoying this, Ben? I've been tuning out. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I just feel like Ben's made 9-11 jokes in the past. Yeah, I have. That's true. That's I do, row. but I feel like you guys are really hitting it enough where I don't need to interject. I'm sorry, Ben. I'm sorry. All right, okay. Um, Wait, who is that? Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. Okay, yep. Is that is that producer Ben? Yeah, hey. hey. Uh, I've been here the whole time. I'm just, you know, working on some other stuff here, guys, but uh, it's been great so far. Producer Ben? Yeah, hey. A.K.A. the Benducer? Mm-hmm. A.K.A. the Poet Laureate? Some call me that. Some call you the Haas, right? That's true. Mr. Positive? So, I mean, yeah, I can be a positive guy. Birthday Benny? Uh, not till June. The tiebreaker? <laughs> if, if there's something I need to settle, I will. Producer Ben Kenobi? Right, that's the Star Wars reference. <laughs> Kylo Ben? Yeah, uh, that's the more the recent Star, Star Wars, Wars reference. The peeper? I do like to watch. People do not call you Professor Crispy. If they do, if they see me on the street, I might get aggressive. But if they see you on the she- street, if they see you in the sheets, they <laughs> could, should call you the fuck master. If they <laughs> see you on the street Ooh. in the sheets, what but, does that mean? But no, I was, I was, I, I fucked up. If they see You're you, trying to give them a new catch. If uh, they see you nickname? in the sheets, they should call you the fuck master. But if they see you on the streets, they should greet you with a hearty hello, fennel. Great. That's the end of that. Please do the visit, 2015. <laughs> September 11th, M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh, M. Night directed this. You forgot? I forgot that M. Night directed this. Okay. So this girl shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Guys, come on. We're an hour in. Please. Let's get somewhere with this. (laughs) She shows up at the door. I don't remember what she wants. She's made them a bowl of creepypasta. She's made a creepypasta. (laughs) She made a creepypasta casserole? (laughs) She's an addict. Right. She's a recovering addict. And they counseled her. Yes. Yes. And she wants to thank them. Yes. But they're not home. Right. I guess. Conveniently enough, they're on a walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's like the one time they leave the house. No, it's also when the guy stops by. Oh, it's like that's every, right. Every time someone comes by, he would be able to recognize them as not being them. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are on a walk. Well-timed walks. But then the dad, I guess, does talk to her. Or do we do we not see that ever? Wait, ha- well, the grandpa talk to her at all? No. She no, just wait, no, they, 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 they do. That's what I see, and it looks and she's, tense. And she's yeah. clearly saying, like, where are they? Yeah, yeah. right, right. Who but are this, you? Yeah. Right, yeah. And uh, then, of course, they and then they, they they're, like, they're like, follow me this way. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay. And then the next time we see her, she's dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just for a second out the window. It's, a, it's, such, a great, the door. it's such a great shot. It's a great shot. Yeah. It's when shit is about to Hit the. Well, it's, uh, after they, it's when uh, the diaper is about to hit them. <laughs> right, they they know that the grandparents aren't really the grandparents, and they're trying to escape. Yeah, and it's it's before they. I believe it's before they found the bodies, but it's when you know at a certain point in this movie, basically, they're starting to get really weirded out. They show uh, them to the mom, mm-hmm. right, and uh, and she's like, "That's not my grandparents." What are the, what's the timeline? Because she's like, "I'm going to call the police and drive over there," which is going to be a long drive. Right. We're told, yeah. She doesn't get there, and the police get there when she gets there. Right. So, like, there was no other police station she could have called that would have, like, been able to get to them faster. 
Sorry, I'm just saying it the, was a the little... closest police you precinct was call. also. She calls up. She called. <laughs> there were there were cops on the cruise ship with her, so I think she just was like, "Can you jump in a car and try to get beat?" <laughs> no, but me she there? she calls like the local police station. They don't answer. Which yeah, you hear them like basically be like, "Please call again." Right. And, like, I'm yeah. like, you can probably find another near like right. real city, and they can send people over because it, it's dark out by the time it's like nighttime. Yeah. Fully, so I this assume is, this hours passed. This is the police precinct. We can't get to the phone right now because we're too busy being folksy. I just imagine Barney Fife coming and, <laughs> you know, solving the problem. Yeah. Um, we forgot we forgot the pancake batter thing. Or the uh, biscuit. Cheddar, she makes cheddar biscuit. She makes biscuits and gets it all over the webcam. So perfectly placed, yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, so sorry. Now, do we think that she did that on purpose? I don't know. It's it doesn't it's actually a weird sort of thing where all these coincidences line up. Or are they all supposed to? Or yeah, I don't, know. I don't see because I like I don't know how she would have thought to do that, you know? Right. So yeah. it seems weird, but it's also so ridiculous that she would have spilled it on the camera only. It's right. like not on the keyboard. It's not like and it stays there for the rest of the movie. There's just a smudge of batter until she's able to, uh, you know. But see, yeah. I like all those coincidences for me are totally forgiven because the tone of the film. It's such like a I agree. You know a, a um. It, it it is so shamelessly just trying to like entertain, like yeah. it's like a showman movie. Yeah, you no, know? I'm not. I don't think it ruins the movie, but yeah. I do think that like with found footage, because you have these moments that are like a little more realistic that you wouldn't see in a normal the banal movie. sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. So it, it can be harder sometimes to deal with like the the those plot holes because you kind yeah. of are in this world where like you know, and the fact that it's not supernatural, it's just like crazy people. So like I, you know, I think about things like why are they always out of the house when someone stops by. I agree. When they're never out of the house otherwise. Yeah, yeah, the found footage thing works against it, but he gains some latitude from it being like a a Jerry Seinfeld DreamWorks animation feature. (laughs) God damn it. That's all I have to say about that. Hashtag the two friends. Um, No, (laughs) I'm sorry. I was just reading a quote from Shyamalan that I wanted to bring up because we were just talking about this, where Mm -hmm. he said he cut the film. The first time he cut the film, it felt like an art house movie rather than a horror film, and the second time he cut it, it just felt like a comedy. Now, I don't know what he's talking about, <laughs> because I don't know how this could ever look like an art house movie, but I could see how it could feel, like play a little more I thought it was no like a straight comedy. I thought it was comedy. a dark comedy. I, I think it was yeah, a, I think it a, it a very dark comedy. With, like, yeah, it's like a horror film with like a lot of comic notes. The Yahtzee notes. moment is hilarious. The Yahtzee and, like, moment is great. The Milton Bradley-Hasbro yeah, fight is like my favorite thing. It's great, yeah. because it's like... The sister's just like, just why are you fighting this at this point? Like, <laughs> no, these it's, are two it's the sisters fighting, right, and the yeah, brothers yeah, yeah, like, the just, brother's shut like up. just forget it, forget yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it used to be Parker Brothers, but then or Milton Bradley, Milton but then Bradley Hasbro bought. And he's yeah. like, what the? Who fucking cares? And I'm like, I do. That was me watching it. I was like, I know what toy companies bought with other toy companies. I'm the toy master. That's my new character. I'm working on. He has I that. Hate voice. it. <laughs> you think he's grading? <laughs> Really? I was trying to make him orally pleasing. I wanted to say I'm the toy don't master. Don't say orally pleasing. <laughs> no, no, you, you are. No, I thank understand. You, <laughs> uh, okay. Orally um, pleasing. Wait, what was I gonna fucking say? Oh no, this is the kind of movie everyone laughs through, right? Yes. When like I, when you're in the theater, yeah, everyone's when I, laughing. You didn't. So you guys didn't see it in theaters. No. no. So I saw it in theaters. I saw it at the Vista in Los Feliz. Congratulations. Mm, Los you know, Angeles. Have you been to the Vista? No, I don't think so. It's like an it's like an old style you know movie theater. It's oh, like, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so it's like a big. It's a big movie theater. It's a single theater, and the uh, the guy who owns it is like stands outside dressed up as characters from the movies that are there. Oh, I know which guy you're talking about. Yeah, I've never been there. Though. It's like they have a lot of like yeah. uh, like any sort of like uh, indie like UCB comedy thing. Like they premiere everything there. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, I saw it there, so it's like always a good audience. Uh. And yeah, people were uh laughing a lot, and right. then there was a loud yelp at the poo in the face scene. Mm-hmm. Indeed. 
And uh, we're getting to it, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> I feel like that could be another podcast entirely. Yeah, poo in the face. <laughs> poo in the face. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I mean, it was definitely. I thought of it. Yeah. It's a comedy in right. a lot of ways. It's like a rollicking horror movie that makes you laugh. What's well, a good combination of like like nervous, uncomfortable laughter, right. like conscious jokes, things that go so far beyond the pale that like you you, you know have no the, choice the whole, but whole to getting laugh. in the oven stuff is like yeah. so ridiculous. Right, right, like right, that right, she would right. ever just you know, really get in there. Right. But we were talking about how his fucking earlier movies were funny. Yeah, we were. We and were then, just talking about and, it. But for you, it would have been a week ago. Sure. But, uh, and then um, they got so dour. And then this movie, like, brings back the He's laughs. getting it back. And, you know, like, maybe not every joke lands, and maybe we could have done with less child rapping. Yeah, agree. <laughs> but, like... No. That's my number one note. First pass. Uh, M. Night. <laughs> my favorite internet comment of all time, this is a total tangent, yeah. is when someone, there was an article about... Roman Polanski, uh-huh. and someone in the comments said, "Like, I can't believe that anyone would support this child rapper." <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it's so genuine. It was so obviously intended as genuine, and it was like the idea of Roman Polanski. It's a terrible joke, obviously, but that's I, like when you're when you're watching one of those Maddie B videos on YouTube, and the comment says, "Like, I hate this child rapist." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Wait, raper would have been a better punchline for that. Fuck, scratch it. No, it was still funny. It's all good. It's all good. Maddie B. You guys know Maddie B? Yeah. Okay, great. My name is Roman P, and I'm here to say I'm having a tragic life today. (laughs) He's doing fine. That's my impression of little Roman P. (laughs) But but as a little boy, I'm saying he would be tragic. I was trying to set it at the time. Given that he raped like a a teenage girl in a a hot tub, I think he's doing okay. Yeah, but I'm talking before that. Right. I get it. He's a Holocaust survivor. All right. I think I was understating it by saying I'm having a tragic life today. (laughs) (laughs) I think I got him off pretty easy. Let's not get into Holocaust jokes too. Jesus, I already feel bad. Okay. All right. Good podcast. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. Hey, guys. The visit. 2015, (laughs) September 11th. We remembered. Okay. Um, what 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 else happened? Oh, I just accidentally clicked on the Wikipedia entry for art film. By the way, <laughs> oh, what does it say? What's give me it's the opening a, sentence? An art film is typically a serious independent film aimed at a niche market rather than a mass market audience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so uh, like Paranormal Activity, yeah, <laughs> it's an art film. Yeah. Uh, well, like two because it's a prequel. So they figure it out. Yeah. No, two airs is like at the same time. Oh, it's like a it's a it's, parallel. It's parallel. Yeah, that's what's sort of weird about it. Ugh. Anyway, um. The visit, what happens is they eventually find out that it's not their grandparents. Right. And in, in a really good scene because I think Catherine Hahn plays it so well because she she's does. like, she has to like keep it calm and keep it together, yeah. but right. she's, she's like still totally trying to be mom, out. but she's also obviously like, it's okay, I'll just call, I'm going to make a yeah. phone call to the police right now. <laughs> you know, but she's trying, yeah, she's trying and not she, to alarm her kids. She gets in a cycle, she can't stop saying Becca Tyler. She's like, Becca, Becca Tyler, Becca, Ty- Becca, Becca Tyler. Catherine like, Hahn is wonderful in this movie. Hahn. Hahn. Uh, so and so, then they go to the basement, right? When do they go to the basement? Yeah, it's the sister goes to the basement. Then she thinks the grandparents are being held down there. Well, it's, and, and she goes to the basement. Right. He's playing Yahtzee. He's playing Yahtzee. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. They split up at this point. Right. Yeah. I forgot. And uh, she's yeah, in the basement. Pop pops like everyone loves a board game. <laughs> well, we we should at least talk about the fact that even after she finds this out, wait, is it when did she try to get that final interview? That's before. He, before. That's before. That's the one right she's before. Still, right. She's she still, she still yeah. finds the elixir there, right. so then she says right. to mom, right. like, we're she's, ready to she's, go home. She's still scared, though. Yeah. But she has to get the forgive. Like She doesn't want to go home until she gets the apology from the grandma, which she calls the elixir. The elixir. Yeah. So has this interview where the grandma and, like, talks about creatures asks, in the water. Whenever she asks the grandma about yeah. the past, she starts, like, shaking and screaming. Totally normal behavior. 
And so that's why she hasn't gotten this so, elixir. Okay. I think that scene is really well written. I, I think the scenes are well done, yeah. Yeah, but that scene where she, like, the the daughter has to frame it to her as a story right. and be like, what yeah, character no, would you relate to? Yeah. I think that's a good piece of screenwriting. Okay, so. And Deanna Dunnigan's really, really terrific Really fucking good, yeah. Why do you think, aside from the fact that it's convenient to the plot, that the grandparent, the fake grandparents are, like, able to be so, so normal at the start and then get increasingly crazy? Yeah, just you said that it's a plot contrivance. I do also think that they, whatever their psychosis is, and it's not like one hundred percent defined, right? Yeah, is like is breaking down, right? Like they've just well, accomplished she calls them schizophrenics. This. I mean, they're delusional, right, so sure. they're, they're schizophrenics. But like, but like, it, like what? However, it works exactly. Right. Like if they're trying to act out some sort of normal behavior with right. these kids, like they there, want to play grandparent or something. There's something really strange about the fact they that they were able hold to it like together. they were able to like work together. Sure. Leave the hospital together, escape together, and then murder, like murder two murder people. two people. Like it isn't quite work, and that's fine. But I guess like I was wondering if it's like actually like they really wanted to have this normal week, and then it's toward the end when they're going to be leaving that they know they're going to have to kill them, or is it like less conscious? That's than that? a pretty good read. Well, I like that. Yeah, read. that's a good read that they know that yeah. this can't hold, and like right. so that's making because he says in the basement he's like you know I, I wanted to give her a good I told her it'd be a good week because yeah, she right. like lost her kids when she murdered them, <laughs> right? And which uh, is a real bummer week. It's for a her. tough break. So that a real was a of a situation, right. yeah, but it's but they do like they go so crazy at the end that you're they kind do. of like, how are they ever normal? Uh, good question. Yeah, I mean, I like your read that it's it, the fact that it's coming to an end is making them lose it. My first read was the sort of in line with David, where it's like, okay, they were in a hospital, they're probably being medicated, treated. Oh, I like that too. So they're sort of coming out of yeah, that. That's, yeah, that's, so that's like, good. Yeah, the film spans a week. Right. We're to presume that they only took over a day or two before the kids get right. there. Right. Because uh, Catherine Hahn had been communicating with the grandparents. Sure. Like when the plans were made, it was the original grandparents. Because they say in the basement, your grandparents kept on coming by and talking about what great right, kids you right. were, how excited they were to meet you. Right. That's, of course, the attachment they have. Right. right. That is so defined they knew, as, right. yeah. So I, they knew we, these people. We presume that the nutsos came in like the day or two before. Let's not call them nutso. Okay. The cuckoo that's, shoes. That's, 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 uh, that's uh, yeah, okay. That's fine. Um, I, I, Nana and Pop Pop. Uh, they came in, th- fake Nana, Fana and Fop Pop. Uh, came through like a day or two before. The film spans like a week, I believe, mm-hmm. right? So by day seven, it's like, A, they know it's coming to an end. B, they're incredibly stressed out about the fact that they might get caught. C, they haven't been medicated in a while. D, they're not undergoing treatment. I think the medication thing is actually like a really good, uh, I'm, a good I, I enjoy that as like a, a theory because it makes total sense. It's that medication, like psychiatric medication lingers in your body yes. sure. for right. several right. days, so it's starting not to phase weeks. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I think, and then I think the stress of the situation. Probably. And then I think the fact the, the plot calls for it. The plot calls. The plot does. Wait, it does. Yeah. And also, let's. Uh, they also do commit a third murder. I right. mean, the, the dad does. The grandpa does at least. Yeah. And maybe that that's not helping anyone. You know. No. That he has we don't know. We don't know who killed her. That's true. That's true. Maybe someone is still at large. Well, I I meant more that you know, Nana could have done it. Oh, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. Sorry. It's just because she's talking to Nana's fast, as we've noted. <laughs> I mean, so there are these two simultaneous showdowns. Speaking mm-hmm. of Nana, yeah, uh, there's the well. First, I guess they're in the garage and they play this tense game of Yahtzee. Yeah, which is not a board game. Let's just call call it as I <laughs> as I see it. It's not a board game. What Grandpa, is it? it's a game. It's, like it's a, a dice, dice game. game? Yeah, where's the board? I mean, look, fine. It's fucking dice and a and a shaker. Uh, but uh, you know, is Uno a board game? No, no it's, it's a, a card, card game. game. Right, so Yahtzee's a dice game. Well, okay. There you go. <laughs> I'm just saying we're who, parsing and, over. And who, and who made it? 
well, who made it or who now manufactures and distributes okay. it. So the point is, the point is that uh, yeah, uh, Pop Pop uh, locks uh, uh, Jesus um, Becca, yeah, Becca, yeah, in in the bedroom, yeah, and her grandma's in there, yeah, and she basically tries to eat her, yeah, right, like, yeah, yeah, and uh, whereas uh, then he goes downstairs and he puts a diaper in his uh, fake grandson's face. Yeah, a lot, a lot of fake poop. <laughs> on that, on the young boy's face. And I mean, he loses his mind. I, at you him know what? You, you know what, mean like, and I mean, like, he starts so screaming is, at him. Yes, but they like uh, they already lost their mind. They, they totally like establish the fact that this kid has like a, a germophobia problem, right? Related to the dad for for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they they explain it. He's trying to get control of the situation, which is like. I think you can you can pay like a like a, a TV therapist to say that. Yeah, it's a doctor Phil thing to say. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, but they set that up. I think just so they can have the poop in the face scene. That is, Which, a, that's what we call a shit justification. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Yeah. Don't you feel? Don't you feel like yes. that was like just for that one moment? Yep, pretty I much. So. Do you and know don't what? you think that anyone getting a diaper in the face would be as horrified? Yeah, I don't think you need that. I think that works in a nutshell. Like out of context, it's still like, oh, I don't want an old man's poopy diaper on my nose. Do you know what I would have done if I was Pop Pop? And he was pooping a lot. You notice how much poop was in that oh, diaper? So much oh poop. my god. Yeah. And a lot, a lot, a lot of diapers. You yeah. know you know what I somehow missed uh when I saw it in the theater, maybe because people were like laughing and and, and screaming and, and stuff, is the sound of him defecating during the Yahtzee game. Wait, really? You can Yes, yes. You during hear the him, Yahtzee you game. Hear him pooping. He poops. Wow. And then he goes, I, missed oh, that. I have to go. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. I missed it the first time, and yeah. I was like, oh, I can definitely hear the no, poop coming he po- out. He poops. He, he There's a wet fart sound. <laughs> yes, um, there is. Do you know what I would have done if I was Pop Pop? Increase the volume on that. No question. Uh, <laughs> if I was Pop Pop. Pop Pop did ADR for this Yeah, movie. Pop Pop did ADR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was the sound re-recording mixer? <laughs> Not the actor, the character. Yeah, the real yeah. Pop Pop who the film was based on. Shyamalan took a gamble. Yeah. He took a gamble, and it worked. <laughs> He rolled the dice. You could say he played Yahtzee. Yeah. No, go on. People Sorry. say he's crazy. Crazy like a fox when it comes to that soundboard. Uh, pop Pop. If I tour I Pop Pop sure. in the basement. Sure. Facing down Tyler. Would that a tour so simple? Would that a tour so simple? Mm-hmm. I take two handfuls of duty from that diaper, or I would wrap the diaper around his head, Jordy LaForge style or Lobot style. Mm-hmm. So, like around. Yeah, no, we get you. Right. Yeah, either heart, the front yeah. or the back. Shove that poop in his ears and go, hey, this is what it feels like when you rap in front of us. <laughs> that would be maybe a little on the nose. <laughs> it's so good, though. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> like a lobot. He's just I got the diaper around the back of his head. When they reboot this film. Yeah. Actually, when Gus Van Sant does his uh, remake, yeah, Shot his for Shot remake. teenager uh, version of this He's got to linger yeah. on those bodies. <laughs> he could do a Shot for Shot remake. Yeah. When he, but just change up the diaper thing. Yeah. You know how like Vince Vaughn masturbates in Psycho, mm-hmm. like yeah. that, right? So just little tweaks. Yeah. yeah. So you know what yeah. happened in the Gus Van Sant version? He'd lobot the poop around his ears. <laughs> He'd say, "This is what it feels like when you rap," and then the camera would slowly, for two minutes, pan down the poop dripping down his body. <laughs> yeah. And then there would be an intercut of like a, a, a naked woman with a blindfold. And then the shower sequence. You have to show him showering hey, the know, poop off. You know whose movies I hate a lot of? Uh, Walt Becker. I was, I was Do you not like Gus Van GVS? I, he just hasn't made a great movie in a while. I think, in a while. I think like, I, I mean, like, I've gotten, like, angry at more of his films than I have at, like, other. Interesting. Like, Psycho made me angry. Oh, yeah, I'm a Psycho big, blows. I'm a big Psycho fan. Ele- oh, that's elephant, a silly opinion. Elephant made me angry. I like Elephant a Elephant lot. is horrible. I like it. Elephant is not a film that I have seen in 
I, 13 years, however long it's been now. So, and I really worry about how I feel about elephant uh, these days. Yeah. I remember liking it when I was uh, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Go on, please. I remember thinking that it was like exploitative garbage, like before school shootings were like a daily thing. And then I was like, oh, look, uh, the killers are making out in the shower. This is fucking terrible. Uh, elephant's a movie. We could talk right, about it. We could talk know, about Gus one day. Has he ever done a movie without a shower scene? Uh, milk. Milk doesn't have any showering. Does it definitely not have any showering? I don't know. I don't think it has it bathing. Yeah. They're in a pool. Yeah. Everyone bathes, you know? <laughs> Guys, everyone bathes. I mean, everyone let's, poops. Let's not make assumptions. That is true. Everyone does poop. Um, But, uh, wait. Oh, Psycho's great, though. Psycho's great. We should do a Psycho episode. Let me talk about a blank check movie. Whoever did the sound mixing on Vince Vaughn's masturbation scene did a great job. Do you remember, how, do you remember that? Oh, that, yeah. How that's, it, some, that's some I fapping. think it was the same guy who did the sound mixing on Benny Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally... <laughs> <laughs> you should see, dude. Psycho is so good. You should see Psycho again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, just, it was just someone taking silly putty on a newspaper yeah. really fast. <laughs> the slide whistle. <laughs> I like that he was like, he saw Psycho. He was like, I don't think that the weird psychosexual tension is, is clear enough. I'm yeah. going to have him masturbate yeah. on the wall. This guy's got to slam his ham in this movie. <laughs> 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 All right, that was good. <laughs> okay, uh, the visit. Yeah, the visit. Uh, so this movie came out when September eleventh, two thousand fifteen. <laughs> okay, so the showdown between the uh, the showdown between the grandma, yeah, Nana, and uh, yeah, and Becca, Becca, yeah, um, is they don't show very much. You talked about no. how it's not very violent, and actually, yeah. either both showdowns, like you don't see really the no. aftermath of no. their, but they do. The kids do like. Murder the Kill fuck out of them. Tyler well, crushes Bob's <laughs> head. Tyler in a... really loses it. I yeah. mean, which is fair. The guy did put a diaper on his face, but yeah. uh, he he smashes his head in a doorway. Yeah. She stabs her with a mirror right. shard. Uh-huh. We don't really see what she does, but we assume that she's like you see that yeah. she's stabbing her. Yeah. Uh, also, she's like under the bed at one point, Nana, and yeah. her like hand reaches out. It's pretty cool. And she's like giggling, and it's great. Yeah. It's a, she's, you is... know what? She's like she's having a good time. Yeah. She's, she's like she's crazy in a fun way. She's yeah. like having a blast being mm-hmm. psychotic. She and her, hers is the better executed part, I would mm-hmm. say, of the showdown. I would say the grandpa part works. Well, less. also, okay, I'm always I was confused both times watching this as to why Tyler was standing there, not moving. I guess he's just freaked out. Yeah, but he's standing like on a thing. Isn't he like standing on something, or is he like just, an apple I, box? <laughs> is he though? I feel like I he know. was. I don't know. I in my memory, like no, you're right that he's standing there, and it is a little. It's very jarring. awkward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like when he gets the poop on the face. That to me explains why he's not moving because he's like so, so freaked out. Like yeah, he sure. can't he can't move. He's so like freaking out about germs. Right. But before that, why wasn't why was he literally standing there? He's not tied to anything. He's not like the, he, the pop up is yelling at him. Yeah. He's kind of like sort but of he, ranting and raving. I know I, he's, you're he's right. He's a crummy kid. He sucks. <laughs> yeah. He fucking sucks. Yeah. You can't freestyle your way out of every situation. Yeah. You know. Anyway, they kill the parents and then they run out of the house <laughs> and uh, the cops are there. And the movie ends. And that sequence I think is really well done. It's so Remember good. It's very, very well done. With very well. With done. a callback to the music they're going to use. Yep. Yeah. The dramatic ironic score. Yes. Okay. So you don't like this final scene where they do the final interview with Catherine Hahn. No, I hate it. I think the movie would have been so. If the movie had ended with them running to the car and that music swelling, it would have been perfect. And I, like a very, a very B movie ending to I like have that that score. I don't disagree, especially with the DB movie stuff. No, I think Catherine Hahn does a very nice job with yeah, the scene. Yeah. Um, but it does also put a button on something that I feel like we already got the button. We already kind of get it. You think it. it's gilding a lily a little? A little bit. Well, because she, she's basically directly saying, like, you don't have to, you know, you can forgive him. Yeah. Like, you know. And then they intercut in the footage of the dad. Of the dad. Like, yeah. Also, there's like, there's no, the because the grandparents aren't actually her parents, 
there's no emotional closure at all. I mean, she mentioned she I mean, her, her parents are dead. Right. She, right. Right. She, yeah. she says, like, I could have gotten forgiveness whenever I wanted, whatever. It was never, you know. But at the same time, like. She also, she talks about, like, she hit her mom and her dad hit her. Like, when yeah. she left, there was this, like, big we learned what, we, we learned what there happened. A, there was, yeah. like, a hit triangle. But, uh, but why? Uh, yeah. It doesn't actually, I still don't understand. It's not earned at all, that moment. And then, yeah. like. I agree. We get those, those footage of that, the footage of them as kids with their dad. Yeah, and I mean, handsome I, dad. Can we put that out? guy? Handsome Listen, guy. If you're his name is Benjamin Keynes is the name. If you're a substitute teacher and you're going to run off with a student, you're probably pretty hot. Yeah, let's be real. Yeah, because substitute teacher has a pretty basic job. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to be good looking to overcome. Because you're only there for a few days to yep. really like you gotta get really in there. Make a quick yeah. impression. Benjamin Kane, who was a stand-in for Mark Wahlberg in Invincible and Shooter and the other guys, and for Jude Law in My Blueberry Nights, but not the happening. Not the. Happening. But My Blueberry Nights. My Blueberry Nights, though. The best one car movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, definitely. My Blueberry Nights is like, is, maybe we should do one car Y, because my Blueberry like, Nights is out of its mind. No, it's so bad. You don't like pie? Uh, <laughs> I love pie. Look, I love pie. I'm a pie guy. But uh, My Blueberry Nights is crazy. What if we uh, Natalie Portman plays an old Southern gambler in that movie. <laughs> I do like She's that. She's like 24. <laughs> Yeah, but she has an old soul. She has an old, old, old soul. Yeah. She plays like a Dolly Parton, yes. like a bad Dolly Parton. Was, she's yeah. essentially playing like a, a later Jeff Bridges character. <laughs> but like literally, she's like, uh, oh, don't look at me, sweetie. I've been around these parts so is long. That, is, it, is, it, is that Nora Jones in that movie? Yes, she's correct. the lead. She's the lead. She's a great actor. Yeah. You know what I loved her in? <laughs> like that, do you know what I loved her? She's so good in Ted. Is she a dead? Do you remember that scene where she's she in Ted? Ted? No, she's in Ted. As, I haven't seen either Ted movie. There's a scene where, where I think Mark Wahlberg has to win back Mila Kunis, and so Ted's like, ah, I got a plan. And he like brings Wahlberg to a, a Nora Jones concert, and I think Wahlberg gets on stage and makes apology to her. I don't know. Whatever the scene is, they go backstage to a Nora Jones concert, and it's implied that Ted and Nora Jones used to date. Uh-huh. And they, they talk about fucking. She fucked that bear. She fucked that bear. But then there's an earlier part in the movie. Does the bear have a penis? No, he fucks. He, there's, oh, God. <laughs> Do they actually go into the mechanics of this? Yeah, there's an earlier part in the movie. He works at a grocery store, and he is trying to get fired, and whatever he does, the manager only likes him more. And there's one part where they walk in, and he's fucking another employee of the grocery store with, like, a parsnip. Like from the produce section, he's holding a, pro- a a parsnip to his crotch. So he's not really getting off on it. It's just like it's like a psychological thing. Yeah. Like he he's asserting his dominance. He's a little tiger putting a parsnip so in he, the vagina. So he has like a, a he uses like a strap on in his relationships. I think so. That was the weird. So he's he's yeah okay yeah. But Nora Jones and 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 he had some sort of sex, perhaps with a vegetable. <laughs> The only bit of Ted I've seen is the clip from Ted 2 where he sees the field of marijuana leaves and the Jurassic Park score plays, which that. David Ehrlich made me watch saying, like, I, Ted's awful, Ted yeah. 2 is even worse, but this scene will make you laugh. And I was like, I don't think the scene, and I laughed out loud. I was, I was very like, angry. Like, I, I didn't see Ted 2. I hate Ted 1. There may be two sequences I think are genuinely very funny in that movie. It, it, the, the fucking hit-to-miss ratio. If you're making a joke every... 4.5 milliseconds. <laughs> you're going to get a couple no, funny I agree. things. Right. Yeah. There's it's just have you seen the, I'll show you that clip. Yeah, it's I'll funny. watch that. There's one bit in Ted 1 I've rewatched on YouTube a bunch of times cuz I think it's really funny. The rest of the movie I think is pretty despicable, mm-hmm. especially the part where they make me watch a teddy bear have sex with a woman using, using a, a vegetable. <laughs> a vegetable? <laughs> the grossest of all vegetables, the parsnip. Are you sure it's a parsnip? He says, he says to <laughs> the he goes, "Ted, I like the cut of your jib." And the guy and Ted looks at him and he goes, I fucked a woman with a parsnip. 
And he goes, you're high, they're promoted or whatever. Ted says the words, I fucked your employee with a parsnip. Right. Okay. Garbage, Morgan. Okay. The Legalized visit, Ted, though. The, the Visit is a 2015 <laughs> film that came out September 11th uh, and uh, was directed by Nemna Shyamalan. And yeah, we, so we all liked it. To put this in context, this was only like three months after Ted 2. So the fact that this film was able to, because people didn't want, really want to go to the movies. You know, I mean, it's like. <laughs> it's a post-Ted uh, 2 world. Yeah. Yeah. It's a PTT film. Um. We all like it. It's a good movie. It's a weird place now because it's so it it's so different than his other films, you know, mm-hmm. which were had and it's hard to know if it's going to lead to more films of question. this quality yeah. or if it's just going to be a weird blip where it's like I don't I don't think I don't it's know. going to yeah I feel like it's going to follow the uh, the Blumhouse route where you make one good first movie and then you and then you big, fuck up the sequels fuck it up yeah. I mean, this is like, this doesn't feel like the 11th I'd love a visit sequel where it's like, hey, also, your dad had some grandparents. You should totally (laughs) hang out with them. If if you saw this movie and they said, this is an upstart director, this is his first film, you'd go like, this guy's got a lot of potential. I know. Absolutely. I I find like found footage often hard to judge. I think so too, but I think there's enough inventiveness in this film. Right. There's there are enough well written scenes. Well, that he's written it. Yes, as a writer director. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I right. don't know if a director alone, I would be like. But that's the thing. I would watch that and I go. I'd love to see him do a non found footage movie. Right. We know this next one isn't found footage, but we also know nothing else about it. So I wonder, like, stylistically, is he just going to revert back? Is he going to go back to the well? You know. I mean, it I could know. still be a thriller, but be a different type. Are we going to get a twist? I don't know. M night. M night. I can't. We're done with him. Actually, it hasn't hit me until now. We'll get to a bonus episode. Oh. Yeah, well, let's do a bonus episode. We're, we'll missing, we're starting to miss him We'll now. do one. We'll do one. We'll do, guys, rascal. don't worry. We'll do a bonus. That little rascal, Minaj. Uh, <laughs> uh, are we done? I think so. I want to read a couple of reviews. I just, yeah, I just checked our such a little reviews. stinker. But it made like 60 million, 100 million. Great job. And here's the thing. We've been here for six hours, right? Yeah, yeah that's correct. 60 okay. million is the same amount that after made but it was like five million and it was lowered expectations and it's it's all about the perception in Hollywood of you know yeah. like it's not just about like okay he made more money this time well, lost also more this movie money. has no stars in it right. like no stars right except for Han yeah who's a star in my heart yeah yeah I even remember the, the uh, I think it was AMC mm-hmm. whenever AMC theaters played the trailer for this movie there was like a message from M Night before it. I think I remember that. Yeah, like, where he's like, "Hey guys, I'm, I'm making this now." On. Here's my new film about grandparents. It's like, don't don't spoil the twist ending. Yeah, it's like, a regal very, first look. Very Hitchcock. It was, no, but dude. It, I made that up. He didn't say don't spoil the, end, the twist. That'd be ending. great though. What if he did a psycho style trailer where he's like, "This is the how." Have you seen that? Hey, trailer? I'm M Night Shyamalan. This is where my next film is set. <laughs> um, I don't think it was. He even like gestures like, the shed. Yeah, Ugh, yeah. Great. You're gonna love this shed. Yeah, because that's what Hitchcock is. Something very interesting. Have you, no, have you seen the yeah, Psycho it's trailer? trailer? It's the greatest thing yeah, in the world. Where he's treating it like it's a real thing. Yeah, everyone should watch it. Oh my God. Um, I, Six I, minutes long. It wasn't even like the regal first look thing. It was like when you sat down the theater, you saw four normal trailers, then there was the green, the following preview has been approved for all ages thing, and then it was M. Night going like, hey, I'm M. Night Shyamalan, my next film is a creepy thriller about grandparents and the visit. I never, I never, on behalf of AMC theaters, I hope you enjoy the trailer. Oh, it was an AMC theaters thing. I, I think I, it was AMC specific. I didn't ever see that, and I felt like I, I felt like they were trying to avoid the M. Night Shyamalan thing in the marketing. Sure, it's not in the marketing very It's not prominent. hugely. I mean, his name is much smaller in the poster, and on one of the posters, the tagline is a new original thriller from writer-director M. Night Shyamalan, which feels like a weird thing to push the original thing. But it felt like they well, were trying to be given like his plagiarism uh, right, claims yes. in the past. Yeah. I think they wanted to remind you that this hasn't been done before. Yeah, uh, I like the embroidered poster though. Me too. It's cool it's cute. With, with the weird sort of like it's uh, funky. Dirty it's edges. funky. It's fun. It's cute. It's, it's cute. It's cute. 
Um, I don't know. I would just love to see, like, this was such a departure from him. I don't want to see him make another found footage movie, which we know he's not doing right now. I just want to see him experiment with each film. I want to see him try to. I mean, let's maybe stuff. he is. Maybe you he never is. know let's what last, last Airbender Two is going to look like. Oh yeah, he claims he's well, so close to production, and that, <laughs> that No Ringer is so built. He did an interview when he was promoting the visit, saying that he's he doing this next after, movie. Yeah, and then, he's doing Split. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And then the plans to do that after that. Uh, M Night that will not happen. Well, no, and also because No Ringer is too busy hanging out with his friends and updating his Facebook. He's to, so busy to make guy. a movie and yeah. snow skiing, um, <laughs> folks. Like um, soccer. Thanks. Can I read a couple of reviews? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where the, I, mean, I just looked at our reviews, and there's one really good one. Okay. Okay. This is a five star review by Ass Eater One Official. <laughs> oh, good. I thought it was one of those imposter <laughs> no, accounts. This is the official Ass Eater One account. It's not a parody account. Okay. Uh, here's the uh, title of the review. Where is this review on IMDb? On iTunes. Oh, cool. No, I'm talking about reviews of our you. podcast. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> of our great. podcast. Oh, great. So let's just say goodbye to M. Night Shyamalan for now. Oh, M. Night. Okay. We'll do a bonus. Yeah. We'll, yeah, do, we'll a do a bonus. Now I miss him already. We'll do a bonus. And I, and check out whatever we're doing next. I don't know. I mean, are we going to go right to Wachowskis? Well, that's a question. We might do a one-off. But I had an interesting one-off idea. I don't know. We'll talk we'll about talk it after about this. Mike. Planet, well, no, plan on the podcast right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah we're two like, weeks ahead now, so we have time to figure out. When are you free, Griff? Whatever. The next episode will come out a week after you're listening to this. We just haven't planned out because we're in the past and you're in the future. Boom. Ass Eater 1 official. Okay. Uh, the title of this review is, I told her I'd make this. <laughs> the review reads, I checked this out because my mom made me. It's okay. What? <laughs> who, who? Whose mom who is listening? is your mom? Please get at us. Yeah. Blank check pod on yep. Twitter. I, I really hope you get a comment from Ass Eater Mom. <laughs> <laughs> official. <laughs> official, yeah. Uh, like, Mrs. Know. Ass Eater. Also, this is another one-line <laughs> review. There's another long review from a guy called Nicholas Cage who's very nice. Great name. We got uh, good listeners. Uh, who's got a lot of things to say. Maybe we'll get back to him sometime. But uh, this is a one-line review from Jeffrey Tambor's brother. Uh-huh. It's called, it says, Tech, Techno Union Support. Uh-huh. And it says, the Techno Union's army is at your disposal, guys, as are my ear holes. P.S. More burger stories from Ben, please. Ben! Oh. Do you have a burger story for us? Sure. Ben used to work at the Spotted Pig. And we have a new segment called The Burger Report. It's not new. We forgot about it like the last three weeks, but we're bringing it back. We did two weeks, though. Lewis, this segment is if you you have a story about seeing a famous person eating a burger. Oh, have you seen a famous person eating a burger? You live in Hollywood, in Hollyweird. I'm thinking... Okay, well, Ben, ben right. can come up with one. Yeah. No, I'll, he I'll has, jump in on one. He so, worked at a burger place, so he has tons okay. of stories. And then if you have one by the end of Ben's story, sure. please share. Okay, so this is, uh, I'll try to keep this brief. Uh, but right around the time when LeBron James announced. Oh, my uh, God. Are you kidding me? That he was going to be going to Miami. I'm so excited. He also this announced story. he was going to the old homestead. He uh, he then, uh, I think he was in Connecticut, he came to New York and partied at the Spotted Pig in the private VIP third floor area. Wow. Okay. So this is like a Sunday night. I am genuinely starstruck right now. Yeah, I'm loving this story. Um, and so I was just kind of assisting like with just setting up. They had like a private cook and a, and a, a bartender that was exclusively working their floor. And so um, weird thing number one is uh, he had a guy show up and cut his hair in the middle of the room. Weird. And Definitely so weird. I had to... Uh, Sweep up his hair. Did you save the hair to auction <laughs> off later? I guess I should have. You totally yeah, should, should have. have. I really yeah. should have. Really should have. Uh, did not plan ahead. No. What weird else? thing number two. Okay. Weird. <laughs> Great. Uh, weird thing number two. Um, all of his friends just were smoking weed and blunts, and that kind of 
you know, we'll like allow that, but they were like They're doing really it to a point it. where it was like wafting into the rest of the restaurant. It's not, it's not Senor Frogs. You can't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like you can kind of do what you want because you rent the space, but you can't get like crazy with it. Right. Do, do you know that Senor Frog technically operates under maritime laws? <laughs> I did not know that. What weird. is the weird number three? What's the weird thing? Okay, late into the night, they're all fucked up, right? And they uh, ask me to go let somebody in at the side entrance, right? <laughs> yeah. So I open the door to the street, and there are probably like ten to twelve really high class, expensive call girls. Yes. Oh boy. Okay. This is a salacious story. Do you guys have a lawyer to have to check these before you yeah. release them? Yeah. I love this story. Uh. No. <laughs> I got a lawyer. Remember I sent her the contract to look over before we sent her to Dale and she never wrote back to me? Oh, yeah. She said, I'm not going to waste my she time on this. to do. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so 10 to 12 high-class uh, hookers. And so, uh, well, they're call girls, David. Come on. Sorry. Sorry. Ladies of the night. Ladies Sorry. of the evening. Apology. Uh, so the, the stairwell is very steep, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, I was a gentleman. <laughs> not gen- what I expected you to say. No. Nope. I'm a gentleman. I make sure to let them all in before I shut the door. Gentleman Ben, yeah. And then I, I make sure to then, you know, follow behind. And when I look up, I notice that none of them are wearing underwear because I could see Great. their booties. Wow. So anyway, that was a that was a fun time. Damn. Yeah. That's the life of a very, very, also, very, he, very rich also person. Also, him and his friends ate a hamburger or two. <laughs> wow! I think that was tacked on. <laughs> much, much like the uh, the emotional coda of uh, the visit. Of the visit. Little, <laughs> a little tacked on, honestly. The burger report. Uh, uh, Lewis, do you have a famous burger story, or do you want to leave it there? No. I, that will be tough to top. Uh, I saw Alex Borstein at, uh, at the counter once. Love that. Okay, that works. Love that. I'll say this to you, too. Alex Borstein. <laughs> Love that story. I'll say this, and this is, we've said this before, open offer. Any past guests of the show, anytime they have a burger call report, in. call in. Text in. I know Best I could Snapchat. do better. I know I could do better than Alex Borstein. I love Alex Borstein. But I'm saying. I just know that I could probably, if I thought more about it, look, like, You, you spend a lot of time in New York. You spend a lot of time in LA. You go back and forth between the two. Right. These are hubbubs. Hot spots. Hubbubs are both celebrities and places with fancy burgers. And I, I mean, burgers I, yes, and... I just don't go to places with burgers. Yeah. I, well, you know, I, don't, I don't eat burgers. Louis, Louis, burger this guy. is what I'm saying to you. Right. Anytime in the future. Okay. If you just have a burger store, you want to get it you on see here. Famo, call me, leave a voicemail, okay. we'll put it on the podcast. Thank you. I will. And listeners, please write in with your burger reports. Yes. I had one this week, but it wasn't very good, so I'm not. What is it? It takes too much time to explain just who the say person the name. was. You know, Andrew, Andrew? They're performance art collective of two guys who dress up exactly the same and go to events together. Definitely not. Let's they DJ end at the bars. story there. I saw one of the Andrews. <laughs> it's the Great. only time that I think they might have split up. <laughs> so it's like seeing Teller. Yeah, if Teller was not Penn and Teller, but Teller and Teller. <laughs> and the bit was that there were two Tellers. Do you think Teller's like as much of a dick as Penn is? Or is he like cool? No, I think he's pretty chill. I think Teller's cool. Penn's, Penn's a How monster. How could you be a bigger dick than Penn? Yeah. Have you heard that Penn's an atheist? <laughs> yeah, but you know, here's a real rumor I heard going around that I don't like. People say that Ricky Gervais is an atheist. I was gonna make yeah. this. This is slanderous. You know, that's 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 unfortunate. That's He's slanderous. got that labeled. A, There's no him, basis yeah. for that. I, I just think that Ricky Gervais is just too hot for TV. Wait, did you know? <laughs> I just think that's. But the here's thing. the thing: you give that guy a glass of beer <laughs> and oh, you put it in the microphone. Who knows who's good? The thing say. about him is he says the thing about a celebrity that yeah. no one else will dare to say, <laughs> which is that they're stupid. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are famous, but he still <laughs> makes jokes about. I know them. everyone else. 
of course, treats them like hallowed royalty. Of course. Yes. They are never, they're unimpeachable. They've the no- thing about him is there's just no, there's nowhere he won't go. There's nowhere he won't go. Yeah. That guy. I mean, when he made the office, I was like, wait, he's making fun of offices? <laughs> but that was just the start, you know? That's crazy at the time. Like, oh, wait, like paper and shit? Like printers? I was like, what? And then he just got crazier and crazier. Come on the podcast, wait, Ricky. I have yeah. a serious question. Please. Did you ever watch that show, Penn and Teller Bullshit? That, the show on where Showtime. They were, right. I and like, it started off really normal, and then it would get really libertarian. Like, right. it would be yeah. like, it would be like, you know, bullshit on like, you know, uh, paying taxes. You know, it, was like, <laughs> it was like bullshit on creationism, and then it was like bullshit on gun control. And right. I was like, okay, this show's taking a turn. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all. Uh, well, yeah, thanks as always to Pan Teller. <laughs> Please come on the show yeah, to Ricky, Tricky Pan Ricky, and Teller, and to Tricky Ricky. Tricky Ricky every day, every day. That's how he's introduced at the beginning of every Golden Globe ceremony. Ben likes that. One. I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, and uh, uh, obviously join us uh, next week for whatever it is we're doing. And the Wachowskis oh. are coming in the future. Yeah, we have to. What decide- are we going to call that one? Uh, the Podchowskis. Yeah. Well, look. If we're doing, if we're doing, yeah, I think the Podchowskis. Yeah. Uh, I I think if we're doing an MNI bonus, which I think we're gonna do, yeah, it will come out next that'll week. That'll be next week. Maybe. But we might record two Wachowskis as a palate cleanser and then go back to MNI because we're feeling a little MNI crazy right now. I'm not crazy. But we have that latitude because we're ahead. Was I got, that the crazy taxi voice? Yeah, that was the uh, crazy. Come on, guys, get pick your car and drive her. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it. I just did exactly what it says. Okay, so let's here, go out there and have a crazy time. Yeah, uh, we, we have a. Who is your preferred crazy taxi character? Oh, I can't fucking remember. Oh, I was a BD Joe guy. Did you ever, you ever play a Simpsons Hit and Run? Yeah, this is a ripoff of a yeah. Crazy no, Taxi. Yeah. I didn't because you know I had integrity of Crazy Taxi. Okay, yeah, Lewis. Wait, but who was the one that I wanted to, that I had a crush on? Like I definitely had a crush on one of the drivers. There's there was like kind of like a skater punk with like green hair. Oh yeah, that's I, green I, hair. I forget yep. his name. Eric Von Detten. That was a very. <laughs> and then there's like a, a sort of like a cool black guy, and then there's like a sort of portly uh, middle aged gentleman, and then right. there's a girl. <laughs> and her her thing is that she's uh, female. Yeah. I'd always pick the lady. Gina is her name. Wow, good pull. I played a lot of Crazy Taxi yeah. in my day. I still have it on my computer. What was that song that they the Offspring song? It, there was it's the one that goes yeah yeah yeah. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> you drive me crazy, <laughs> taxi. All yeah, I whenever, whenever I think about eighth grade, I just think about that, and I think about uh, the the Tony Hawk pro skater, and the oh, song was the, totally. the what was the song? Um, Oh, fucking, there was the one fucking, that, yes. like, uh, uh, I can't think of the band, Goldfinger? It was the Goldfinger song. Yeah, what's, oh, fuck, what's, how'd that song go? I know exactly what song you're talking about. We're gonna play about. it after. I'll yeah. find it. Yeah, ben, can you look ben it up? Well, sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Ben, ben can you look up Goldfinger, up Tony Hawk? <laughs> um, Lewis, is there anything you want to play? Oh, uh, well, my podcast is over, so not that. But, uh, but it exists forever on the internet. It's true. I have a podcast called After Smash, which I co-host with my, my friend Matt Peoplevarchek, and it's about the show Smash mm-hmm. on NBC. Uh, it was limited run, and now it's mostly over. Do you know I used to be Teresa Rebeck's neighbor? We can talk about it off mic. We will talk about a lot of things mm-hmm. off mic. Do you know uh, that I very nearly got cast as Leo on Smash? I do know that, yeah. Griffin. Well, thanks for having me on as a guest. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> maybe if you'd actually been cast. I was so Ooh. close. Uh, you were in Brooklyn, right? Me was, and- you were in Brooklyn. Yeah, I was yeah, in he's Brooklyn. in the borough yeah, of Brooklyn. Exactly. Yeah. Once in a while, you know what I yeah. meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah funny no, no, no. joke, Louis. We know what he meant. I just think you can have Emery Cohen's career if you just push a little bit harder. He's a great. 
Uh, Who knew? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Lewis, follow me on Twitter. Uh, you had Megan Hulte on the show, right? We did I have Megan Hulte on the show. She yeah. was so great in um, Voices Off, off which yeah. I just saw, yeah. which she was one of the best performances of bad acting I've ever seen. Like, you know, uh, a, a good performance of a bad actor. That podcast exists forever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Your writing can be found on BuzzFeed. Your written sure. internet is written in ink. You uh, are Louis Peitzman, Louis Peitzman. On BuzzFeed. You're not Louis Patsman, right? No, no Louis. Louis, Louis, yeah, Louis yeah, Patsman. Right, yeah. I saw one on Lender or With an S. Yeah, Louis, with an S. Louis, Louis. Um, on, on Twitter? Yeah, just follow your work. Just follow the stuff. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Peach. I'm at Nintendo. <laughs> I am. I'm Dorothy Spornak on Peach. Mm-hmm. What's, what is fucking Peach? So I don't I heard use some it. reference it's a thing. It's a new thing. It lasted approximately one night. No, my friends, I still have three friends who use Peach consistently to post their darkest secrets because no one's on it. And your name's Nintendo? Yeah, my name, I snagged at Nintendo on Peach. And I only post gifts for movies that I am watching late at night. Good. Yeah. That's, that's um, been my bit so far. I'm realizing because it's two weeks ahead. Uh, I'm I'm doing a show at Union Hall on April 22nd. Oh, wow. Two days before my birthday. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's part of a monthly show I do with my buddy Joe Garden of The Onion called the Griffin Joe Holiday Spectacular. And we yep. do Joe different... Garden still has not been on this podcast. He, he will be He brings someday. it up every week. Every week. Yep. Uh, but we do uh, holiday specials, like old TV holiday specials with a bunch of cool guests. And our yes, guests are still great. being locked down. But April 22nd is the next one at Union Hall. It's and the Griffin Joe Earth Day Earth Spectacular. And uh, it's, uh, I got a plug. It's really hot in here. Yep. And uh, we're going to quit the episode right now. It's the end of that. So, as always. As always, Ben, do you have the uh, Goldfinger song queued up? Oh, yeah, sure do. Can you play it? Yeah. Okay. So, as always, keep on rocking a Goldfinger. Yep. Uh, Griffin, how you doing? I'm doing well. Okay. Oh, do you have the poster ready so you can do the stupid fucking thing? Great. <laughs> then please don't cut that out. <laughs> okay. Put that in at the end of the episode. Sure. No, a little bonus. Yeah, put that in a bonus after, the after we play the theme song, okay? Sure. So right now what I'm about to say next is going to be the last line of the episode, and then what I say right after that will be the first line of the episode. Okay. This is the end of the episode. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network.